0: <laughs>
1: hey, got dudes hung like a horse
2: Adam Curry, John C. DeVore. It's Sunday,
1: May 27, 2012 Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination This is episode 412 This is
0: no agenda
1: Cranking up your tier 3 news source Here at
3: Cambofo In the capital of the drone star state Austin
1: Tejas In the morning
3: everybody I'm Adam Curry And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it is a holiday, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's crackpot and buzzkill in the morning. Give me a little volume, there, man. You came in low. I'm at the level I'm always
1: at. (laughs) Well, not on this end. Call turn me up. I am gonna call
3: Microsoft. Tell them to fix it. What they got to do with it? Well, don't they own Skype now? I don't think this is Skype. I think you just had me potted potted down. No, I, I do not have you potted down.
1: Uh, Whatever it is.
3: Uh, Well,
1: uh, John, since since we have no executive producers today, people are going to get what they pay for.
3: Do we get to do more real news? (laughs)
1: Yes. And let's start off with the winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 2012, ladies and gentlemen. The winner from Sweden with the worst possible song you can imagine. This is Laurie with euphoria. Have you seen the video yet?
3: Yeah. You don't know what you're missing. Well, let me go look. (laughs) Please, not worth it. Well, at least I want to see what this woman looks like. Nah. She's kind of like a witch.
0: But just, but just
1: just listen to the song. It's like GX2 kicks this ass anytime. This is like, you know, everyone that who was voting. Very good. What's that? She's not an attractive person. No, but listen to the song. it's, just, it's like a it's like an Ibiza hit. Yeah.
0: Woo! party glow sticks
1: Somehow she
3: outdistanced Russia and Serbia according to the Hollywood reporter. Yes. Somehow, how is it possible?
1: Uh, so the uh, we do this every year because I like doing it because
3: it's so stupid.
1: Uh, you
3: like it because you actually I think you actually
1: enjoy it. Oh, I I enjoy it as a as a guilty passion, and um,
3: what's always fun is to if you can. I'm just baffled by the fact that this is not exploited in the United States. It's not as if it would get the big ratings of American Idol, but it would. But it is just just a classic one of these shows that would get attention.
1: Um. It, well, the music is so bad.
3: <laughs> well, that's, that's it. Really, that's some it really enjoyment is. in watching. Well, you movie. see,
1: you have to understand from the real the fun perspective of watching this, and I've witnessed this from two countries. From the Netherlands, where the Netherlands always thinks they've got something good, and it sucks balls. It's so horrible what the Netherlands always sends. And then the United Kingdom—it really started with uh, Terry Wogan, because you know you, um, you have the show, but then you have the local announcers for each country, kind of like a sporting event. They sit there and they talk over what's going on. So you know they're in their little booths, and because the United Kingdom, I think they won once. I think with Brotherhood of Man. Save your kisses for me, and why do I know this? Uh, but then they're always at the bottom, like always at completely at the bottom. And Terry Wogan would make jokes about the political nature. You know, Cyprus always votes 12 points for Greece, Greece always votes 12 points for Cyprus. It, 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 it's always like this, you know, it's, it's, it's a political thing. And again, and now Graham Norton has taken over, who's very funny. Um, and uh, they sent Engelbert Humperdinck and the last ditch effort to really try and do something <laughs> he came in one above the bottom spot engelbert humperdinck <laughs> almost in last place but the thing is is that this is a uh, the eurovision song contest is supposed to be about the song it is also not just about europe it is about the um, union, european union of broadcasters which it can include more than just countries in Europe. Now, of course, the irony of uh, of the word euro is that Sweden won. Sweden doesn't even use the euro. That's just irony right there. That is quite funny. <clears throat> but listen to the NPR report, and then think about what you should be doing. Oh, they doing.
3: actually did a report on this? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. But now, now the reporter... They would. Is not only a reporter... Well, the EU, I mean, the European Broadcasters Union, is meant to popularize and to promote public broadcasting so npr or pbs actually could easily be on board with this yeah it's all it's but it's a very expensive proposition particularly if you're the country that wins so you know spain was like please don't win don't win we can't afford to host this right that
3: was a good one (laughs) can't afford to host it
1: (laughs) (laughs) please don't no please suck don't don't win so this is your national treasure and listen to the factual incorrectness of this report, just to show that you know, if you're giving money to them, you need to turn off your podcast right now and go shoot yourself or, or donate to this program. Here's how dumb and uninformed NPR is about this event, which has been going on for 40 years, I think. It's well 57. known. Fifty-seven. It's well known how this works.
4: This is a week when Europeans... Can- Stop wrong. It's
1: wrong. It's not Europeans. It's not just Europe. Israel participates. Is that a European country, idiot?
4: Can forget about the debt crisis and politics for a moment and throw themselves into rooting for their home country.
1: It is like, like who wrote this? Who did this
3: report?
4: This
1: This is
3: NPR. Somebody who can't use Google.
4: Eurovision 2012 is underway. About a half a billion viewers are expected to tune in for the finale on Saturday. The song contest began in the 1950s. Notice
1: she's saying song contest, right? It's, it's always been about the song.
4: 50s and each country that's competing is represented by a single singing group or artist. Eurovision is being staged this year in Baku, Azerbaijan. And that's where we reached William Lee Adams. He's a writer for Time magazine Time. and also editor-in-chief Ooh. of com. That's the site dedicated to covering the Eurovision contest.
1: Okay, so... This is the guy who's the authority. They've gone to the authority. Not only does he write a blog that is the authority all about the Eurovision Song Contest, but he also writes for Time Magazine, and he's a reporter for NPR.
4: And we reached him at his hotel in Baku. Welcome.
5: Good morning. You know, this
3: song itself is kind of appalling, but Eurovision isn't about the best song. It's about the best act.
1: Oh. How can it be?
3: What, what is this guy hanging out in Azerbaijan for?
1: Well, this is, well. he's getting paid by NPR to report. And the first thing he says, this isn't about the best song. It's about the best act. No, it's not, you douchebag. Oh, let me just douche him.
0: Douchebag.
3: I mean, this is elemental stuff.
1: Anyway. Good in the morning to you, John.
3: In the morning to you, Adam Curry, in the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water.
1: <laughs> Rubbers on the road. That's right. All
3: the human resources in the
1: chat room, no agenda, no agenda Good to see you all here on this Memorial Day weekend,
3: which Nobody's is Nobody's listening to this show today.
1: Well, not in a, a Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of Gitmo Nation, probably well, not. Well,
3: that's 80% of our audience.
1: That's not 80%. Yeah, it is. It's eighty three percent. What are you talking about? No, it's eighty three percent of our audience. We had well, I I cherish the uh, the seventeen remaining percent.
3: I like the other percentage too, but I didn't see them pony up for today's show. No,
1: so nobody
3: if, gives a, a sh- it gives a crap about these holiday shows. That's what I've been saying for four years, but you insist on doing them.
1: So you're saying we should
3: just shouldn't do it at all on a holiday like this? Yeah, we would bring in the same amount of no money. Nobody's nobody's going to donate to become an executive producer on a show that they're not going to listen to. Because oh, they're sense. on the road. They're driving around. They're jumping <laughs> in the pool. They're in a boat. Barbecuing. They're barbecuing. They're doing something burning, other than listening to the show. So they're not going to hear themselves get mentioned in the mention as an executive producer. So why... Would they do it? They would do it, in maybe in a week or so when they when they'll be listening to the show. Nobody listens to this show. I, I would wish I could get actual numbers. This is the problem with the internet and podcasts: is your numbers are always a little. You never know what they really are. It's not like, uh, well, you don't really know what they are on TV either, but they convince us that they do. <laughs> but the point is, is that uh, you know we have a sparse audience. It's probably half of what it normally is, and we got about half as much money as we normally do.
1: You know we. Um... We could always just use a couple of the illegal words. Maybe we'll get the Department of Homeland Security to listen to us. I'm sure you heard about this, the
3: analyst desktop binder. Uh, actually, is this new?
1: Yeah, this, this, well, it, yeah, it is new. This Is uh, it
3: real new? Because I knew that this was going on for a while.
1: Yeah, so now I have the PDF. This is the Department of Homeland Security National Operations Center Media Monitoring Capability Desktop Preference Binder. And this was uh, obtained under Freedom of Information Act request. And uh, so we know that they were, um, that their you know, Department of Homeland Security is now monitoring social networks, uh, news channels, just basically monitoring everything uh, and compiling reports to send back to home base so we can get a temperature of the threat of uh, terrorism and stuff like that. And so there's a, a published report now um that has a number of things i mean the reporting was like oh there's hundreds of words you can if you use those words you'll 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 get a call from the department of homeland security so i'm like well, why don't i just read the entire uh, desktop binder so you don't have to uh, what this is about is items of interest so called IOIs an item of interest and so they have different levels of things that are interesting to them uh top of the list of course terrorism what? In- what? <laughs> including media reports on the act. So, if you have a media report about the activities of terrorist organizations, then uh, they will capture that and report that back to home base. uh Reports about nuclear. There's about 14 of them. Cybersecurity, interestingly, at the bottom of the list. And uh let me just uh, bring well, up. I mean, the-
3: I'm still not getting this. You, you mean. It- if I say the word terrorist, or yes, I write, say, yes. I say a terrorist was discovered. I, I blog it. I get. The, I'm in a report now.
1: Well, not necessarily, because under uh, Section 2.6, they have credible sources for corroboration, and this is what's interesting. What Does that mean? I'm going to explain. So, a first tier source. So they don't just monitor social networks; they monitor all media. Uh, A first tier source is one that does not typically need corroboration prior to release. So that means they hear something on a first tier news source (laughs) and they don't have to go and check it. They don't have to vet it because sources that construct the first tier platform include major news networks such as CNN and Fox, major newspapers, USA Today, The Washington Post and international news such as BBC and the International Herald Tribune. Here it says these sources do not need additional corroboration prior to release. Right. So what do you mean prior to release? What does this mean? Internal prior in, to release in, the, what, in, what's being released, the, the dogs? The internal report. The internal reporting to Department of Homeland Security. They're they're
3: Oh, so if they so if the BBC says something, then it gets released immediately. Yes. They don't uh, then
1: it gets released back to home base and they'll say, Yeah, BBC's reporting on this. And they don't have to uh-huh. corroborate it. So the, so that, of course, is bullcrap, because we know that... These oh, sort- I got
3: a BBC report today that is total bullcrap. These reports coming out of Syria, well, we don't know if this video means anything, but...
1: It doesn't matter, that'll go straight into the Department of Homeland Security. Now, what's interesting, John, blogs, podcasts, even if they are of a serious political nature, are a third tier... That's us. (laughs) That's where tier three must be verified. You say whatever you want. It's even better, though. (laughs) Must be verified by a first tier source prior to release. So whatever we say, unless CNN says, yeah, that's 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 how it's going down. Then it doesn't count. So you're right now. You want to know some of these words? Yeah. Okay, alphabetical order. Uh, I'll just pick a couple categories. Domestic security, the words assassination, attack, domestic security, drill, exercise, cops, law enforcement. Cops. cops. you can't say th- cops. You Shot- can't say cops. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Organized crime, gangs, national security, breach, threat, standoff, SWAT, screening. Um, Now, for southwest border violence, words that are going to be tracked are are words like gang, drug, narcotics, El Paso. (laughs) Don't say El Paso. Terrorism words. AQAP. AQIM. TTP. My goodness.
3: AQIM. Wait, Al Qaeda in Michigan. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Islamic Maghreb. TTP.
1: Tariq Taliban, Pakistan, Somalia, Nigeria, radicals, Al Shabaab, homegrown, nationalist, fundamentalist, Islamist.
3: So, they, if somebody's writing about homegrown weed.
1: Yeah. It gets tagged. Yeah, but it won't get sent to home base unless uh, yeah, the New York Times talks
3: about homegrown weed.
1: But here's the cool stuff. So, effective uh, January 7, 2011, um, there's a privacy impact assessment allowing the media monitoring capability to collect and disseminate PII for certain narrowly tarot categories. So there are certain things they will never report on. So the things they definitely report on, and people, U.S. and foreign individuals, senior U.S. and foreign government officials who make public statements, U.S. and foreign government spokespersons, um, names of anchors, newscasters, or on-scene reporters who are known or identified as reporters in their post or article, or who use traditional and/or social media in real time to keep their audience situationally aware and informed, i.e., Randy Corvin. But then the people they will never report on, not approve. You may we will not report on individuals suspected or accused of committing crimes of national or homeland security interest if captured. So if they capture you, then you don't, then then there's no report sent out. We will not report on private citizens if they are a witness or in some other way connected to an event. And we will never report on high-profile people such as celebrities, sports figures, or media members. (laughs) What? Because they're in on the game, apparently. Well, Clooney is, but... Yeah, yeah, high-profile celebrities and sports figures won't get reported on if they say, like, terrorism. I, mean, I guess I guess they're vetted. They're good to go.
3: Okay, well, I don't know. It seems like just another bureaucratic memo written by someone who didn't have anything to do that day, and his bo- boss was hounding him to get some work done and fill out his logs because the logs are pretty sparse and he hasn't been doing much, and the $225,000 they're paying him, so he sat down and wrote this up. Uh, even better, he he made screenshots to show you how to enter your information
1: into the log. That was the next day <laughs> on their system. Yeah, <laughs> he did that the rest of the week. <laughs> All right, tell me about your bullcrap report from the BBC on Syria.
3: Well, let's see. Well, let me. I, well, you caught me off guard. Thank you. Oh well, you brought it up. Yeah, but I was—I didn't know we were going to go right into. Let me just go to my account and get the list of. Really uh, weird.
1: I—I I got like your. That's weird. I got your. Um, a lot of your clips double here. Interesting. No, really. Yeah, it's all right. I'm, I'll just take out the doubles. I know. Oh. I know how to drag. stuff. Because I just
3: to, did it. Where, I mean, I essentially just. It's, uh, okay. it's
1: okay. I know how to drag stuff to the trash. I
3: can. Figure yeah. Okay. Out. Yeah. There's a little can. And it, sometimes <laughs> it's a good idea to empty the trash. Oh really? How do you do that? You have you right click, oh you can't do that with a Mac. So you just track, you trash. Know, I'm, to I'm so for pussy
1: whipped. Mickey makes me empty her trash. Really?
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, I show not no doubles here. That's all okay. right. All right, well, we're good. Weird. I have Muddy's BBC report. Okay, I got. Let's see. What do we got? Forget the muddy BBC report. Yeah, this is the classic one here. This muddy, muddy BBC. You have to. This is audio is not as good as the video. They show this one of these phony, baloney. Uh, you know, unverified reports, and they talk about it. But it's a guy, some guy, screaming into his camera. He's like one of these guys on the on the YouTube that is you know trying to make a point by by getting real close to a webcam and then screaming at you so he's screaming at you and then they show it then it's all jerky and then it's black and then you can't see shit
6: hello again opposition activists in syria say more than 50 people have been killed and 100 wounded in what they describe as a massacre carried out by the army in homs province videos which have not been verified show many children among the dead after shelling in the town of hule the bbc's middle east correspondent jim muir has this report from beirut why not? Why Unverifiable
7: video posted on the internet by activists showed the bloodstained and mangled bodies of many children huddled on the floor in the dark, with the commentator shouting that there were too many to count and more kept arriving.
1: <laughs> too many to count and more were ba- coming. Well, this whole Syria thing is heating up because Ban Ki-moon, the director, secretary general of the United Nations, came out. And I couldn't get any audio of it, but uh, he came out and said, oh, oh, oh boy, here we go. Uh, very alarmingly and surprisingly, whew, he's so surprised. A few days ago, there was a huge, serious, massive terrorist attack. I believe that there must be Al-Qaeda behind it. So, so n- now the, they've changed the narrative. Because, you know, the whole um, uh, Syrian opposition coalition fell apart. The, the, you know the main guy left, and this, this like, there's yeah, it the, gave up. <laughs> yeah, there is no, there is no opposition yet. Somehow, um, <coughs> excuse me, fighting continues. So now it's like, oh crap, we don't have any guys to talk to. We don't have any dudes to elect. Uh, what are we gonna do? You know, and, and someone said someone came with the brilliant idea.
3: I know, Al Qaeda. Yeah, that'll give what? us a reason to go in. And the BBC's, but the BBC's noticing the irony here in this, I got another report, which is the Al-Qaeda in Syria one, which I want to run this and now you have to make a comment about it, because it was quite a funny clip. Okay. Support that. So does Al-Qaeda. Ironically, they're on
7: the same side in Syria. Western governments worry, if they intervene in this, will the wrong people benefit? (laughs) The Nusra Front emerged with an internet video earlier this year. They say they're jihadis, back from other wars to fight in Syria. We don't know if this video is genuine, but some believe this is the future in Syria. The numbers were quite small at the beginning, um, but they have grown in this time. The hard element of the opposition, the armed The combat experienced people who come up from either Libya or or Iraq not only are at the vanguard but they are actually pushing out all other forms of opposition. The regime says that this is the result. They blame bombings in Damascus on Islamists, though the Nusra Front deny they did this. Some Syrians did go to Iraq to fight. Did they come back with Al-Qaeda's ideology?
8: Not
7: good. Abu Laila fought in Iraq. He says he was defending his tribe, which is found in both countries. Despite appearances, he doesn't like al-Qaeda. He fears them. And he says he doesn't believe they are behind the recent bombings. This lie has been used over and over by the regime, he says. I wish they'd come up with something new. The regime lies all the time. They even lie about the weather. The bombings are done by the regime. Many fighters are deeply pious, but there's a moderate tradition of Islam here, at odds with al-Qaeda's harsh ideology. The daily suicide attacks and beheadings so familiar from Iraq have not yet come to Syria. Yes. (laughs)
3: Yes. <laughs>
7: yeah, it's coming. That'll That's
1: be the what sequel. Saying. The sequel. You know, b- sea- before you say something, John, I, I see I, something in listening to that report. What I find so great is they edit it. And whenever you know, there's a little pause, they always do an explosion. Yes. So I think yeah. we should just do that from time to time, just because it kind of catches your attention and makes you feel like, oh, wow, something's going on. So uh, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about this clip for a second.
3: John. <laughs> So this guy, this guy at the end that was talking, who supposedly is a tribesman, he went to Iraq because they have, his tribe also apparently is in Syria and Iraq, 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 and uh, the the tribe is in both places. The guy, meanwhile, for for this tribesman that he claims to be, is wearing a Saudi headdress.
2: <laughs> it's simply not really.
3: Saudi. It's the red one, you know, the red and white checkers, mm-hmm. uh, and which is... Which is very specifically Saudi, and uh, and he was—they showed him shooting a gun. I guess you know, like that. He, meanwhile, this gun had about a one-foot kick. I swear, really? so, I don't know what it was. Cool. but he had it up against his eye and <laughs> on the scope thing, and, it, and the thing kicks and busts him in the head. <laughs> He's <laughs> got a black eye, basically. <laughs> really? What a, uh, put a bone in! What a bone in! Didn't end. know what he was doing. It was a, it was a, it was a shill.
1: So was he, he was from Iran. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. It's a stretch. I tried. I got it though. Yeah, I'm always looking. Well, you know where well, uh, all of this is about to change dramatically.
3: And by the way, they showed this, group, this Nusfra group I never heard of, some new group they've introduced, and they had this video of them dancing. They were dancing da, 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 to that music, and the guy said, <laughs> this is the future of Syria. <laughs> so uh,
1: this is about to change dramatically. There's a new group on the scene, John. New group on the scene. And I picked this up via, via the YouTube blog. And here it is, uh, a new human rights channel on YouTube. Uh, I'll give you a little excerpt here from the blog post. From its inception, YouTube has been a platform for free expression. (laughs) Yeah, and cat videos. Activists around the world use YouTube to document causes they care about and make them known to the world. In the case of human rights, which we'll be talking about later on this show... Video plays a particularly important role in illuminating what occurs when governments and individuals in power use their positions. I can smell Lucifer's drippings all over this. That's why our non-profit partner Witness, a global leader in the use of of video for human rights, and Storyful, a social news gathering operation, are joining forces to launch a new human rights channel on YouTube dedicated to curating hours of raw citizen video documenting human rights stories that are uploaded daily and distributed that, distributing that to audiences hungry to learn and take action.
3: So, uh, I'm like, okay. You need a machine gun in there, too. Yeah, I'll get one.
1: So, uh, this, of course, uh, has the hoof prints of Hillary on it. So, if you go to uh, Storyful, and Storyful is storyful.com, S-T-O-R-Y-F-U-L.com, uh, the very sparse information. Of course, uh, it's a nonprofit uh, based in Ireland and has absolutely no information about their nonprofit status on their website. Well, Storyful's team of professional journalists, oh, what? Professional journalists separate actionable news from the noise of the real-time web. Ah, oh, okay. These are the Randy Corvins that we have now. What is his name? Andy? Randy? Andy. We work with professional news clients acting as a social media field producer.
3: Oh, they're freelancers.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: They're freelance video guys, the worst. That's yeah. the worst job in the world. But now the real organization
1: that is paying these guys is Witness. Oh, shoot. There we go. Sorry. What'd you do? Ah, my mouse got stuck. Here Where we are go. are putting it? Witness dot org. This is also um now they do have they're a a five oh one C three corporation, so they don't have to mention their donors. They do have a list of all their donors in the form, form nine ninety. Uh they have like thirteen donors. They brought in three million dollars in two thousand ten. They did not have their two thousand eleven numbers up thirteen yet. Thirteen million? Three. Three million in two thousand ten. Oh. So they don't have their 2011 numbers up. But this comes from 10 individuals who are not named, each donating about $100,000. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, Witness is an international nonprofit organization that uses the power of video and storytelling to open the eyes of the world to human rights abuses. It was co- and this is uh, Peter Gabriel's Human Rights First Foundation and the Reebok Human Rights Foundation who started it. As far as I can tell, they're no longer um, involved. Yeah, they've been co-opted out. But look at the board of directors. Okay, about us. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, board of directors. Let's see. Got a Goldman Sachs guy on here, International Human Rights Funders Group, which, of course, is is a a
3: crappy thing. I can't scroll down. Oh, Hold on a second. This is JavaScript. They should pay a little extra money for that. Okay, here we go. But So
1: while you're looking at that, if it comes up, what they actually do, you can hire them, so because I saw
3: uh oh it's part of a public relations operation.
1: Exactly. So they have something called campaigns. And they say uh, uh human rights organizations are increasingly interested in employing video to advance and strengthen their advocacy, but many groups are not equipped or experienced enough to make the most of video and other forms of media. Witness engages with human rights organizations are campaign partners. He's still the chair.
3: Sorry? Oh, he is? I didn't see that. Yeah, Peter Gabriel, chair, co-founder of Witness, activist and musician. So they have
1: campaign partners, which
3: is basically clients,
1: in intensive campaign-specific relationships. So let's look at the list here. They have such incredible human rights abuses that they've reported on, such as National Council on Aging. This is bullcrap. You can just go hire these guys to go make some videos a la Coney. And they put it together for you. Yeah. And if you look at the YouTube channel... See it, film it,
3: change it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And if you look at the YouTube channel, which is... uh, What is it? Uh, Should be see it, say it, film it, change it. YouTube.com slash human rights. It's completely professional, slick video. There's, There's no raw, unedited footage. It's beautifully lit. The sound is perfect.
3: Human rights, all one word?
1: Yeah. You know, here's uh, On the Front Line in Bahrain. I'll just click this one. That's the top one. Let's see. I mean, yeah, frontline Line Defenders. I get a 404. Human rights? YouTube.com slash human rights?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh.
9: My name is Zainab Al Khawaja,
1: and... Um, oh, I see what the problem is. What
9: I is. do is I'm a pro-democracy activist, I guess is what I would call it. Yeah,
1: some call it a techno-expert.
9: And uh, I come from a family with four daughters and a family of... It's
1: just, it's just all professional, beautifully shot video.
3: Well, and who gives a crap about her?
1: And no one, but that's the point is they're going to kick it up a notch and you're going to see a lot more of these videos produced by
3: this outfit with the... No, free- this is just basically, yeah, they're set, essentially just setting it up to roll it out. This exactly. Is just a- exactly. And placeholder. The- now you should explain to people what freelance videographer, video people do. Uh, storyful. <laughs> this is like one of the. If you're watching the, the daily news, like your local news, every so often there'll be a report from Washington D.C. from the from Hi, I'm Bill Such and Such from you know my lo- your local station in yeah. Washington D.C. Yeah. The guy doesn't work for the local station. He's a freelancer. Stringer. Re- Stringer. And, that's what we call him. Stringer. Yeah, well, freelancers, stringers, what they tend, stringers, yeah, stringers, are well, there's actually kind of a, there's kind of a little difference between stringers and and freelancers. Pure freelancers are, are, are usually always sell, have something to sell, and stringers are usually somebody you call up and right. say, can you give me a report from, uh, okay, you, no, you,
1: a good distinction. So the, uh, so the freelancers, they're making reports and they're saying, all right, let me here, use mine, buy mine, buy mine.
3: Yeah. yeah, so they essentially they'll be at the, some big event, the Davos. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right. And they got the truck Scoble, they a truck.
1: Scoble, That's your typical. That's your typical freelancer, right there.
3: Yeah, they, they got a truck, usually with a satellite dish on top, and you'll see these <laughs> things driving around, and they have, most of the time, you'll see it say ABC News, or it'll say K-R-O-N <clears throat> News, the, but if it says nothing, it's just a white, it's the truck. white truck. It's a white truck. It's a freelancer. It says nothing. Yeah. That's a freelancer, <laughs> and it's, con, it's not, a lot of people consider it the hardest thing in the world to do, because oh, you yeah. are, just, essentially, you have to buy all this expensive equipment, many don't even have any, but they just set it up themselves, there's one person, sometimes a two-man operation, generally. Yeah, was one Cam, camera so they, and sound? Yeah, they set up. a they got like a, a, a dummy or something. They put in they Make they set the camera up and then they go over and push the button. And stand in you front. stand in front,
1: like like News One, uh, Channel One in New York. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah.
3: hilarious. They, when you see them along the side of the road, it's like there's a camera pointing at some guy with the microphone yeah. and there's nobody else there. Yeah. And the camera's just going. Yeah. Hey, what? Just,
1: stop laughing. Yeah. That's how I do my big book show, okay? It's not that funny.
3: <laughs> you can have Mickey come in and hold the camera.
1: Uh, just, 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 hold on. We're going to get the show rolling in a second. Let me just start the camera.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty yeah. lame.
3: Yeah, it is. Of course, you know, Leo's operation, the Twitch show. started that way. He started that way. Well, he still doesn't have any cameramen. He has 40 cameras. He's, I think this is the, the future in some ways. There's so small studios. He just has 40 cameras. They're everywhere. And so you just set them all up to begin with, and then you just you got a guy running the switcher, and you're just switching between the cameras, but no, there's no cameraman. So the woman
1: running this witness.org is Albertine Tame. I think she's Dutch. Uh, her bio is interesting. Nearly two decades of experience in media and new technology. We could have run this outfit, John. Most recently, she served as executive vice president of content and strategy and acquisition at Juiced. <laughs> 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 yeah, how'd that work out? <laughs> Does anyone remember Juiced? <sighs> the global online video platform formed by Nicholas Zen- Zenstrom and Jonas Fries. Founders of yeah, Skype.
3: I, 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 you took me. It took me till now to remember. what You remember that Juiced? Was. Yeah, you would get a. It would Juiced. <laughs> it was going to be the next big thing.
1: It was television. It was what. It, it's what it was going to be. TV. This is television on the web. Juiced. And we all
3: went like, what? You download this thing and then they had all these, they had these channels. It screwed up your computer. it was weird because I remember (laughs) when it first came out, I downloaded it and I turned it on. I watched like two minutes of it and I turned it off and I never went back,
1: ever. Remember, it screwed up your computer It reset your video card to the wrong size. All kinds of weird stuff.
3: Yeah, it's always a problem.
1: Anyway, Prior to that, she ran, uh, she was the executive VP of business affairs for MTV Networks International. So this woman has like, you know, she's like cool. She's cool, but she has a point to prove because basically she failed the juiced. Yeah, I'll get him now. I'll Show him who's cool. <laughs> These awesome. Human rights videos. Ugh. Yeah, this is a loser. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, high quality or comparatively speaking because, you know,
3: it's, it's, <laughs> it's not as effective as that crap they show on the BBC. the herky jerk camera and we can do this
1: we can do this on the green screen John
3: Yeah I know I know you can
1: yeah you you do some screaming
0: (laughs) uncountable
1: people here we cannot see how many have actually been killed now just slap in some video I just have Mickey go out and just roll the camera around a little shaky like on 6th Street in Austin. No running, That's yeah, running, running, running. Why running. don't they
3: cut that out? Yeah. <laughs> Stop the running. The guys are running with the camera running, and all, they sh- <laughs> all you see is their feet. This is the Ministry of Truth. Have you seen that shot? Yeah, of
1: course I've seen it. Stupid. Completely stupid. I know. I know. Ay, 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 ay. So, um, wow. I, I, I did do a lot of work, actually.
3: Um, and it's your fault. Why? What did I, What happened? Well, I need to know so I, I can know I, so I can plan in advance <laughs> that, next time.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you got you got me started on this. Um, we had an end of show clip. But you also had a couple other clips about the eugenics and pop- oh, yeah. population control. And so, just to summarize, um, you had a uh, a clip. Of a guy saying this, you know, this whole population thing in China is bullcrap. Uh, in fact, China is now desperately needs more human resources. Uh, the, the one child, one uh, child per family policy uh, did uh, already, already, already well it failed, but it was already misreported. Whereas if you had if two children from a single child family uh, want to have children, they could have more than one. But it's failed, and they're, and they're in trouble. And so I, I got kind of interested
3: totally underreported by everyone. So I got very totally underreported. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. no.
1: So I got I got very interested in the whole, you know, cuz we we talk about Bill and Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates being eugenicists, basically killing people in Africa with their vaccination programs. And uh although I've, you know, I've, I've read a lot of stuff over the years, I really got into it and what happened was we got um Uh, One of our producers sent us a video of a guy being interviewed about his book. And uh, the book is titled Merchants of Despair. Link in the show notes at 412.nashownotes.com. The guy's name is Robert Zubrin. Merchants of despair, radical environmentalists, and other merchants of despair so i've taken a few clips from that interview, and then uh, i 'll tell a little bit about the book, which of course I read for you
10: running out of resources, but we have encountered considerable danger from people who say we're running out of resources and who say that human activities need to be constrained because there isn't enough to go around, and so someone 's got to be put in control. okay This has been a threat for some time, and it, what I do in the book, Merchants of Despair, is go through the history of this movement over 200 years and show the horrendous results uh, uh, of their activities where they've been successful.
1: So that is essentially what's in his book. Is um, He's saying that the um, these merchants of despair have been misusing uh, data for, uh, well, he goes back 200 years, to essentially justify uh, killing people. And the theory goes like this. The theory is that uh, we're running out of, and you'll be very interesting in this analysis because um, you're just a, you're like a little bit older than I am, so you, you'll remember some things better, certainly from the seventies. Um, but the elites, which really started uh, back with the, and it's, it's hard to even imagine, it's the Museum of Natural History in 1877, who set up the Immigration Restriction League which is essentially a database. This is, these are the guys that eventually shut down uh, Ellis Island. Um, they believe that there was going to be a population explosion and we'd run out of resources, and then the entire world would fall apart and we'd all die. And so they said about, through a number of very interesting ways, and I have a couple of examples from the book that I want to uh, put in front of you, uh, to basically kill people in uh, in many other countries uh, except the United States, but now it seems like we've kind of moved towards the United States as well. And in his book, the entire first third of the book uh, analyzes the fallacy uh, of population growth being uh, detrimental to the amount of resources. He says, in fact, quite the opposite because we have a lot of very smart Uh, human resources who are born and we have this population we come up with great technologies um and we are able to sustain ourselves and that he believes which is kind of crazy but he believes that we could probably grow to six trillion instead of just you know six billion we could grow to six trillion and still be able to sustain ourselves so one other clip from uh, the interview
10: oh uh Among the ongoing programs that they have are population control programs, which involve the forced sterilization of millions of women every year.
9: Where's that happening?
10: Uh, Africa, South America, India, Indonesia, and and, and that's under uh, U.S. pressure, and in China, under their own pressure. So the U.S. is pressuring Indonesia to engage in forced sterilization. It's a condition of getting foreign aid funds. In the 1960s, remnants of the pre-war eugenics movement reorganized around uh, the slogan of population control. And uh, they always fit their uh, ideas to fit the time. So they said population control was necessary to win the Cold War. That excessive growth of population in the Third World would provide masses for the Communist World Revolution. And so that... Uh, the U.S. should make population control part of its uh, foreign policy. And in 1966, laws were passed that uh, mandated that U.S. foreign aid funds should be linked to population control. The Johnson administration denied famine aid to India in 1967 unless Indira Gandhi implemented forced sterilization programs, which she did. And uh, this was then done in, in many other countries with horrific consequences. Uh, in every place where it's been implemented, it's always the, the dominant race in the local place doing it to the subservient race, the Brahmins against the untouchables in Ceylon, the Tsingralis against the Tamils in Peru. Uh, it, this has been pers- uh, horrific, and it is still going on. And, of course, uh, uh, and, so- still-
1: and obviously the uh, the Jews in uh, Nazi Germany. So. Um, what you heard there, and what's great about this book, is one third of it at the end is all references to what he's claiming, and the references look pretty solid, I have to say. And of course, I, I read it on the Kindle, so you can actually bop out to a lot of the uh, online resources. And it does indeed appear that USAID, which of course is under control of Hillary Clinton, has been saying for you know since the the Johnson administration. Uh, oh, you want some money from us? Uh, you want, or not even money, but you want us to give our American companies money uh, so that they can come and build stuff in your country? That's great, but you've got to force sterilize your population. And he spoke about India. The total is like 18 million women who, you know, had IUDs shoved into them, uh, very poor uh, uh, sanitation um, environment. And it, it's really, it's quite unbelievable the things that you read. And of course... Uh, There's many things that we could do with the technologies that we've developed, such as nuclear technology, that are now being held back by the very same elitists who are in control and don't allow us to uh, make ourselves sustainable, which, of course, plays right into their whole uh, uh, script of killing people in order to keep enough resources for everybody.
10: In general, their desire to control everything from the top has impaired numerous technologies that could improve the environment. Nuclear power, for example. Uh, you know, I used to work in the nuclear industry, and there was one plant that was having a certain problem which we knew exactly how to correct, but we couldn't do it. The NRC wouldn't let us because it meant deviating from their, their uh, regulations. Uh, genetically modified crops. Uh, they have genetically modified crops now that can produce their own pesticides and fix their own nitrates so you don't need to spray pesticides into the environment and you don't need to uh, scatter nitrate fertilizer on the land, they won't let you do it. Look, a lot of things they say are happening but are not problems. Population growth is happening. It's not a problem. The world standard of living has gone up as population has increased. And not coincidentally, it means a larger market, which allows people to introduce new technologies faster, a larger division of labor, a larger number of inventors coming up with new uh, uh, technologies. I mean, just think how much poorer we would be today if the world had had half as many people in the 19th century as it actually did. You can get rid of either Thomas Edison or Louis Pasteur. Take your pick.
1: <laughs> so... Uh, He lost me a little bit on the genetic modification, but in his book, he actually, I think he just got confused. He talks about bioengineering, uh, which seems a little bit more plausible, where he says, you know, there's ways to combine plants together so they can create their own pesticides. You don't actually need any pesticides. You don't need Monsanto to help you out. Um, You with me so far? Yeah, I'm listening. So in this book, something, a couple of things really stuck out. The the main thing uh, is something that you'll remember. And... If I say to you the words DDT, what springs to mind?
3: Uh, Well, a couple of things. One, it was the one of the greatest uh, insecticides ever. And the other one is that it made the shells of pelicans' eggs thin. <laughs> you
1: nailed it. You nailed it. So DDT was actually uh, invented in the late 1800s, but not implemented until, according to the book now. But he has all the sources, so it looks pretty valid. Um, was not really uh, used widely until right after uh, the end of the Second World War, Germany was wrecking Italy's infrastructure, and people uh, got all kinds of diseases, such as malaria, which, of course, is a huge problem now in Africa. And uh, people were dying by the millions, literally. And what they did is they got this powder, this DDT, and they sprayed it on people. Within a month, the death stopped with no obvious um, repercussions for humans
3: yeah in fact there was a san jose state professor who was a big ddt proponent uh during the controversial era when it, they pulled it completely although a lot of people stockpiled it okay so and, so, so the, and,
1: and uh, he used to eat it yeah and so, <laughs> just to prove that it was okay
3: yeah he would have spoons full of it it was so the, okay, I wouldn't do it but so
1: um then a study came out which of course was sponsored by the same elite's who didn't want, who, who wanted population, uh, who wanted to cull the human resources, because it was being used in Africa, It's being used everywhere, it was really cheap to make, you know, once you're making it in mass quantities. It was the miracle, the absolute miracle. Then, then all of a sudden we got the report that said uh, it'll, it'll cause cancer, it uh, destroys the pelican population by the thinning of the eggs, and it hurts the algae in the sea. And he details in his book all of the actual uh, reports results, which really said it's not all that bad. Uh, In fact, you would have to have such massive quantities and you can die from water, essentially such massive quantities for it to be harmful. But at this time, Kennedy had just been assassinated. Johnson had just come into the White House and it was one of the uh, eugenicist shills who was who that was. I guess they then started the EPA and he said, "Ah, we got to get rid of this is horrible and against the actual recommendation of the report overnight, they stopped the use of DDT and a hundred million people died since then because of malaria. And, and I, you know, and the, the propaganda campaign was so outstanding that, you know, I tried it on Mickey last night. How about DDT? So it kills people. This is what I remember. DDT, a horrible pesticide. It kills people, but it's quite the opposite. It, it, it was, as you said, one of the, the greatest inventions ever. So um, he takes this all the way. And, of course, this uh, uh, originated the Club of Rome were really the guys who, uh, uh, no, who yeah, we're all
3: going to die by the year 2000. We're all going to die by the year 2000. Well, it's it even it's all it, over by the year 2000.
1: It's even better than that. So in 1972, the Club of Rome <clears throat> comes out with a report. And uh, you remember uh, the population bomb? Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, by it, Ehrlich, or Ehrlich. Ehrlich, or exactly, Ehrlich. Who
1: was Ehrlich. Ehrlich's protege?
3: Yeah, I think he was also on the global cooling bandwagon, which yeah, was, the, exactly. was the meme of the era from, from the same elite, elitist pricks. So who was... was the, go, who was all going to die from an uh,
1: ice age. Who was, who was Ehrlich's protege? Uh, I, I actually should know that, but I don't. John Holdren, Obama's current advi- scientific advisor. Oh, cool. He's, he was Ehrlich's protege. And in 72, they came out with this report. We're going to have a global ice age. Of course, that didn't happen. They also said that we would run out of oil in 31 years. Oh,
3: shucks. And it wasn't peak oil then. They didn't have the peak oil No No, no, idea. No, 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 no. It was we were going to run
1: out. We're going to run out. Exactly. We're going we to wouldn't run. have any. We're going to run out. <laughs> so that was the 1972 report. One of the authors of that report was Jorg Rander. And as I'm doing my research last night, I come across a video of your Grander from May 18th, from this year, who has just released a book. So this is the second book. It's called 2052, A Global Forecast for the Next 40 Years. So this is one of the guys who wrote that original report that said, we're A, going to run out of oil. B, we're going to die of global cooling. And uh, what do you think the... uh, The results of his study uh, in this book are, John. What do you think it is? The new book?
3: Yeah. We're going to run out of oil, and we're going to die of global warming.
11: The main message of of 2052 is that uh, humanity won't make it. You know, we are not going to make a soft landing. We will basically uh, run into uh, an overshoot and collapse uh, type of... of, uh, (laughs) We're all gonna die. <laughs> let's let's g-
1: bring out the hookers. I'm gonna party for the next forty <laughs> years. Let's just just snort and screw.
3: These guys never give up. Now he. Of I course- like the fact that they they <laughs> that they have great propaganda machines and they and they use them to an extreme. And now, of course, we only have. Uh, I guess there's only three major uh, major. Advertising and public relations agencies are all been bought up by you know these three massive companies. Yeah. So Hill and Knowlton now is the same as the as uh, as one uh, one of uh, another dozen companies. So there's only three, and so if you and there, and these and there's if you look at the board of directors of these three ma- massive companies, probably Omnicron for one and uh wpp Om- omnicon omnicon omnicon, omnicon. Yeah, con. what am i thinking <laughs> omnicon wpp and then there's a third one and then there's a fourth sm- smaller one but these are they own they, they've been buying up all the advertising agencies and one of these days we'll discuss this in more detail but they've been buying up all the advertising public relations and research companies and it's like to me no matter who you hire nowadays it's a conflict of interest because somebody on the other side has obviously got a company working within the same group i mean it's just, I had this uh, – let me just go just a bit aside, a, a little, just a little off track here since nobody's listening anyway. Uh, I was always – I'm always concerned about these consolidations of, of corporate uh, – all these corporations because it creates – besides corruption and conflicts of interest, it, it's, just, it, it's just a bad scene. It ruins – it just destroys markets. For example, Pearson Publishing, there used to be a really good business in writing computer books. You can make a living. There was companies all over the place. You, you had several
1: bestsellers.
3: I had a couple that sold well. But now there's, there's, there's one. It's Pearson. Pearson bought up Macmillan. They bought up Simon & Schuster. They bought up uh, Peach Pit Press. They bought up one after they bought every company that, that makes computer books with the exception of maybe O'Reilly, who does this. You know, he's a specialist. And I think I think McGraw-Hill still does some. But they essentially bought them all up. And they bought Q and Q was it was the most interesting of the computer book uh, manufacturers because they did all their books by work for hire. In other words, Q would br- you bring out a, a, a they bring out a book on, say, uh, uh, Excel spreadsheets and it would be they just pay some writer to do it. And then they would bring the book out. They would promote it to death uh, and then they would, take, would become they the Bible. Pay royalties. Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't pay royalties. No, it was it would work <laughs> for hire. It was just a straight up deal. Cool. You got paid $5,000, six 6000 It wasn't even that much money for, to these poor writers, yeah. and they would get nothing. So you'd go, and I did this. I sold a book. You sold a book to Prentice Halls, one of their companies. You sell it, and here's the way it works. Here's the scam. I have an idea for a book on, you know, left-handed mice. And they're all left-handed mice. I th- and and, and you know, one of the book companies within the organization will buy it. Like, say, Prentice Hall picks it up, and say, okay, we'll we'll run with this book, but we don't think much of it. And you're not going to... You don't expect to get a lot of money. Then they do the book, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to make royalties. I'm making... You know, the book becomes a runaway bestseller, and, they, uh, and I'm getting $10,000 a month. The next day, Q will bring out the same book under this... And they're still all owned by Pearson. The left-handed mouse book, they will... Push that book down the throats of the booksellers. Pull my book, and they don't have to pay any more royalties. It's ah. an unbelievable scam that just completely wiped out the computer book writers.
1: So that's uh, bad for the writers, but I think that uh, the propaganda and the success of the propaganda, which started with global cooling, uh, then it went. Uh, they used the um, uh, so they used the oil thing that didn't pan out. Then they said, oh, uh, we have to get rid of uh, people because they, the Communist uh, Party will uh, adapt them. So had- <laughs>
3: That was a beauty.
1: It, but it's true, right? That actually happened. I mean, yeah. they were actually saying, oh, you know, we have to sterilize people <clears throat> because otherwise. Well,
3: n- all n- the- now, if you notice, that meme has morphed into the Muslims mm-hmm. are going to take over the world because they're breeding like, like, you know, dogs and cats.
1: This is nonstop now. Just as my own little sidetrack here to show you how the PR works. Headline, German solar power plants produced a world record 22 gigawatts of electricity per hour equal to 20 nuclear power stations at full capacity. I'm looking at this going, this is from Reuters. I'm like, oh, really? Well, let me see. What is the, what's behind this report? Of course, uh, this was released by a guy named Alnohr who uh, is head of the Institute for Renewable Energy Sources in Germany. They have like half a website. Basically, they create reports on demand. What do you want to, what do you want to say? Oh, solar's better than nuclear? No problem. We'll get the data. How did they get this data? The data was based on information from the European Energy Exchange Bourse. So it was based on futures trading, not on actual usage or production. But based on futures trading, so it's a complete lie. What? Yeah,
3: you had the nerve to do that.
1: Yeah, oh, and Reuters picked it up with that headline.
3: Oh yeah, well that's because again, these these public relations firms are, are powerful and they're and they're consolidated. That makes it even more dangerous. So now let me play the four solutions
1: that uh, the guy who was wrong 40 years ago, one of the guys. For his new book, where we're all—you just heard it—we're all going to die. It's going to collapse if, unless you follow the Club of Rome's recommendations. And he starts off, by the way, which he actually says twice in this. He says, "This is code." I'm like, what? What? You're giving me code so I can actually decipher this code? So before he gets into his solutions, listen very carefully to this fourth bit about where the world is headed and what. And he's—he's—he has a boner over it, literally. He's smiling, he's
11: like, he hey, hey,
0: hey.
11: Finally, I should say that the 2052 forecast covers a multitude of additional aspects. This is propaganda from the publisher.
1: Uh, it's propaganda from the pub. It's propaganda. John. Here comes the propaganda. Thank you.
11: You know, we should make you aware of the fact that it's worth reading the book because it talks about the split of the EU in the 2020s. The split of the EU in 2020. Ah that's interesting. It talks about how urban life will be in 2040s. It talks about the future by bi- military and biodiversity of CSR and the fifth cultural step and the future role of self-programming robots, which is really the interesting end to all of this. Uh, uh, uh.
1: Self-programming robots, which is really the interesting end to all of this. What? That's what he said. The end of all of this is self-pro. This is the transhumanization of technology. This is what they want, because <laughs> then we won't need people. Stupid cannon fodder.
3: And by the way, this stupid university over here, that Singularity
1: is, University, yeah, is
3: all in. It's on all this about crap. this.
1: It's all about this. These are the, and most of these guys are too dumb to realize. This is what the Unabomber warned against. I hate, to, I hate to play the Unabomber card. So here is... Yeah, that's bringing... <laughs> Unabomber, what? I hate, I hate to play the Unabomber card on you, but yeah, he was a Harvard mathematician. I just want to point that out. Did you see what he did on his uh, Harvard alumni Facebook page? What do you mean what he did? Yeah, he because uh, they, they sent they out... They let him use Facebook? Yeah, and then yeah, and then he posted uh, status, prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> This is someone else. I don't know. It's just Harvard trying to get some press. So here's the four...
3: Prisoner.
1: Here's the four solutions to our uh, ultimate and uh, apparently unavoidable demise. What should be done? Four recommendations. And they're very obvious. (laughs) Do you want to guess them? The obvious recommendations?
3: Well, yeah. We've got to uh, stop uh, CO2 emissions. We have to... Do population control. Uh-huh. We have to have global governance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know what the but You're close enough. Let's listen.
11: But they are starting to take on uh, some uh, stronger uh, importance, I think, now. First of all, we're back to the thing that have, have fewer children is one of the, you know, try to further uh, reduce the growth of the population. Kill people. Kill. Reduce children. Kill, kill pe- all humans. Kill. <laughs> and of course, it's especially in the rich world where it's important. That, that's you and me, baby. It's in the rich world. We must kill people in the rich world. To get the number of children down, you know. Listen, he's, gonna, now he's, he's, he's so evil, he'll even kill his own child. Listen. My daughter has a footprint which is at least ten times as big as an Indian daughter. And so, you know, she's much more dangerous than... than she's dangerous? <laughs> kill her!
3: <laughs> she's the first one kill
11: to go! Her. <laughs> kill your daughter, douchebag! Uh, an Indian. Uh, Secondly, reduce the ecological footprint, and particularly the footprint from people like I, or or rich societies like Holland, because it's the footprint of those nations that need to be lowered, because everyone is aiming to be in that situation.
3: So, uh, breathe less? This footprint thing is annoying. That that it caught on as a meme is just disgusting. It
11: means basically one thing. Stop using fossil fuels. Ah, stop. This is your global warming. No, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Thirdly, construct a modern low-carbon energy system Ah. in the poor world for the poor world Paid for by the rich world.
1: Okay,
3: cap and trade. There we go. Yeah, let me be the middleman, taking the money from you, you to them, and I'll take my piece. Exactly. Exactly.
11: No, this is the simplest fashion of development aid. It is so simple. Can you not see it in front of your eyes? Don't even read my book. It is simple that we can do. Just start building the windmills and the solar plants. Just start building windmills. <laughs> plants and the uh, gas with CCS, etc., etc. Plants et that is actually going to produce uh, relatively uh, uh, low carbon uh, Yes, It's very simple. Energy for uh, the third world. And finally, this is cold. It's cold. It's cold.
1: John, are you paying attention? He said it's cold? Yes, he said it's cold. I thought he said it was
11: cold. I like, no. oh, it's cold in here. No, he said it's cold. This is code, so you must pay attention to my code. Finally, this is code. Strengthen the global ab- ability to act fast in order to accelerate the effort to improve the living conditions for our grandchildren. Global world- governance. Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's code for global governance. Water. Order. Shut up, slave! And reduce your footprint. And that's why you should go to Dvorak.org slash N-A and help keep the show on the air because we're not going to keep it on the air if the uh, donations are this minimal. We had no executive producers today. No. Because, D- but again, Oops. of course, I, I, my real uh, complaint is that we're doing the show at all, but not today. Yeah. Well, okay, let me remind you again how you can help out this
1: program so you can get this invaluable information.
8: Dvorak.org slash
1: N-A. So uh, now, uh, you know, th- there's, there's many, many examples in this book, and uh, I think it's well done. It's a short read. Uh, again, link in the show notes. I have not read his 400-page tome, but I will, so you don't have to, uh, just because I'm sure I can pick up some great quotes from it. But these are the guys. You know, the Club of Rome, these are the guys, and uh, Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, they're the ones that funded this, and they really, really believe, contrary to real evidence, scientific evidence— empirical, let me say empirical evidence, empirical evidence um, that, you know, more population does not eat up all the resources. And, you know, they've been wrong. They've been continuously wrong, but they just keep going back at it. And this is the World Wildlife Fund, this is Greenpeace, there's all these guys who are in on the game. And they really believe we just got to kill people. And the amount of people they have killed through forced sterilization is staggering literally staggering and so when you think about
3: well and and while you're talking about that although i just closed my thing uh there is a scandal going on right now with this with with bad malaria drug uh, vaccinations or have you heard about this no and this is it makes you really wonder why this is happening and who's behind it and just to not that I'm not changing the subject here, it's the same subject, but play the clip that I have.
9: Making and selling fake anti malaria drugs should be treated as crimes against humanity, say the authors of a new study into the problem. The researchers from the U.S. National Institute of Health found that over a third of the anti malaria drugs available in Southeast Asia and Sub Saharan Africa are either fake or of such bad quality they can make the problem worse. The study links the spread of fake drugs to the spread of drug-resistant forms of malaria, which have begun to spread in areas such as Cambodia and Thailand. For more on this, we're speaking with Dr. Steve Bjorgi, who's head of the malaria program in Cambodia for the World Health Organization. That's good enough. He joins me now.
1: So this is exactly what he details in his book, that the United States, uh, through USAID, would buy up uh, and there's this douchebag uh, I'd have to go back to the book to find his name but this douchebag who was running the joint uh, who would buy up uh, medication uh, or vaccinations that were either not approved or proven defective for use in the United States and he'd ship millions over there with one needle and say so you've got to take this you know, every three months so of course people would be using the same needle and, and, you know, all set up to kill people and here's the same thing why not use DDT the science Empirical evidence is there. that DDT worked. It was <laughs> well, a miracle because of their obvious
3: reasons, they they don't want to solve the problem. No, but this is
1: where I now Bill and Melinda Gates. You know they should be in the crosshairs. They are eugenicists. They're using the same language that's been used for uh, two hundred years. The same exact things. They may believe it, but they're they're incorrect. I think.
3: Well, that's I mean, I mean, Bill, who used to show up at users groups yeah is now essentially a, a elitist hanging out in davos with the uh, world leaders and red carpet treatment everywhere it goes there's a guy who eschewed uh i i caught him one time in uh i guess it was in the late 80s getting out of a limo and i said you're in a limo and he said uh, "Yeah, regrettably." He, yeah. didn't want, he, he didn't he, like limos. He liked taking public transportation, roaming around. Of course, you can't do that anymore at all. But now he's got two limos when he goes anywhere. I'm glad no one's listening because you told this story on... Yeah, I know. And you're not going to honk the horn. No. But, the, but he, the guys he hangs out with now, he will not... He won't. You'll never see him with a user. you never see him with the... He is now an elitist. He's been
1: welcomed into their ranks. So what I found interesting in your little uh, clip there was the quote this is a violation of human rights and this is uh, th- you know this is a pet peeve of mine this whole uh, human rights business and what it is and i will remind people again to go uh, check out the interview i did with the uh columbia professor uh it's in the show notes as well 412.nashownotes.com uh so on friday oh let me bring out her jingle hold on where is she you know what i'm talking about obviously here she is.
0: It's clippity club.
1: The message is
12: clear. Just
0: clippity
1: <laughs> Yes, the behooved one, ladies and gentlemen. Lucifer Hillary Clinton with her trident and her horns.
3: There was a clip I was going to get. I just didn't feel like it, but I, I was thinking about it. But it's a clip of uh, John Batchelor doing a promo for a show saying... Next on the next show, Hillary Clinton, the most respected po- female politician in Washington. Ugh. That's kind of a contrast to the way we take No kidding. It, the way we do it. So people who listen to our show, you're not getting, uh, you're definitely not getting the, the party lying. No.
1: <laughs> so she came out with, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you her announcement. Uh, this is the announcement of the Country Reports on Human Rights Practices. Now, this is not a PDF you could just download. Hillary, stop clippity clopping This is a uh, an interactive database, so you can select a country and select the reports you want. And uh, well, of this
3: cor- is cool. Where is this? It's
1: uh, well, it's at state.gov, and they may have a direct URL. It's oh, uh, it's a really it's a complicated. Yeah, forget go. Just tell us. The Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor. So you can select the country. So, of course, I selected the Netherlands. I selected the UK. Man, the UK, they're bad. Oh, boy, you are violating human rights. (laughs) Um, So here's uh, her intro uh, to this uh, report, which she's very proud of. I snipped out some irrelevant bits just so you can get the fun stuff.
12: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Uh, I'm very pleased to be... Uh, joined here today by Assistant Secretary Posner to release our 2011 Country Reports on Human Rights Practices. Uh, these reports, which the United States government has published for nearly four decades, make clear to governments around the world, uh, we are watching and we are holding you accountable. We've got our eye on you! So, I mean, that is the land of... Yes! yes. You know what could happen? We came... We saw. He died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've got our eye on you. And they make clear to citizens and activists everywhere, you are not alone. We are standing with you. Uh huh. <laughs> now, as you know, this has been an especially tumultuous and momentous year for everyone uh, involved in the cause of human rights.
1: Now, notice she's going to start mixing it up.
12: Many of us that have dominated recent headlines from the revolutions in the Middle East uh, to reforms in Burma began with human rights. With human the rights. clear call of men and women demanding their universal rights.
1: Uh, wait a minute. What, h- human rights? Universal rights? Human rights? Hmm.
12: We will support people everywhere who seek the same. Men and women who want to speak... Worship, associate, love the way they choose.
1: Ah, there's the gay meme.
12: We will defend their rights, not just on the day we issue these reports, but every day. We're expanding access to technology and defending Internet freedom because people deserve the same rights online as off.
1: Oh, these these human rights must be amazing.
12: And we know that in the 21st century, human rights are not only a question of civil and political liberties. It's about the fundamental question of whether people everywhere have the chance to make the most of their God-given potential.
1: Ah, that sounds like a just-getting-by
9: thing.
12: Now, as these reports document, there is a lot of work that remains to be done. In too many places, governments continue to stifle their own people's aspirations. And in some places, like Syria, it is not just an assault.
1: (laughs) That's the only country she highlighted, interestingly enough.
12: On freedom of expression or freedom of association, but an assault on the very lives of citizens. The Assad regime's brutality against its own people uh, must and will end. Because Syrians know they deserve a better future. Well, there's the, the shot across the bow. Uh, it's always been uh, bewildering to me that so many government leaders don't want to make the most of the human potential of their own people. And so... Sounds like she's
3: laughing there. Oh, yeah. No, she's laughing.
1: She is. She's literally smiling throughout the whole thing. It's so bewildering
12: but to me. But expect this to be reading material everywhere (laughs) but i do hope somewhere in the corner of my mind that maybe a leader will pick it up and say how do we compare
1: yeah well he's pooping Ah, i gotta take a crap oh what's this oh let me read this report here how do we compare
12: with others and what can we do today tomorrow and next year Uh, that will maximize the potential of more of our citizens.
1: So interestingly enough, uh, the only country you cannot get a human rights report on is, uh, oh yeah, the United States. So, uh, China came out uh, immediately and criticized a woeful human rights record in the United States.
3: <laughs> One the Chinese day, are so annoyed. Oh, yeah. By us. And, you know, we, there's some other elements that we're going to get into later, but like the Louisiana prison system yeah, and yeah, some
1: yeah. of these things happen. By the way,
3: the Louisiana prison system itself has nine times more prisoners than all of China.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, they said uh, a day after this report comes out. Uh, which said Beijing's record is getting worse. Uh, Beijing said, quote, the United States tarnished human rights record has left it in no state, whether on a moral, political, or legal basis, to act as the world's human rights justice. They said in uh, their annual report on U.S. human rights, I have not been able to find a translated version, but the report cited the arrests of protesters, particularly in the Occupy Wall Street movement in the United States. Uh, Many protesters, it said, accused uh, the police of brutality, The United States also has strict restrictions on the Internet, saying the U.S. Patriot Act and Homeland Security Act both have clauses about monitoring the Internet, giving the government or law enforcement organizations power to monitor and block any Internet connection are harmful to national security. So I figured the best thing we could do for our show, John, uh, since uh, this is bandied about, and I will remind you, the uh, interview was with uh, Columbia professor Samuel Moyne, his book, The Last Utopia, Human Rights in History. It's in the show notes, 412.nashownotes.com. Take a look at that because he explains where this comes from. Uh, And the first written documentation of human rights was 1948 by our friends there at the United Nations. It is called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And since it's being bandied about so much, uh, I would think that every citizen should know their human rights. Do you know how many universal human rights you have, John? Do you know how many articles there are?
3: Well, let me think. Uh, Ten.
1: No, there's 30. Let me guess again. Let me guess again. No, I already told you. Oh, you did? There's 30. 30. 30. And I'd like to uh, just see if uh, you think the United States adheres to a selection of these 30. (laughs) Should we do that? I'm in. Okay, so first article one, all human beings are born free and equal... In dignity and rights, they are endowed with reason and conscience, and should act towards one another in spirit of brotherhood. I think we're on board with that. I think in America we have. Wait,
3: wait, 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 wait. It's not that's like a that's like a fact of the matter. Yes. As opposed to a right. It's just like it's like saying uh, a human right is being born and breathing. I mean, it's it's it's, it's stupid.
1: That's Article one. Just that just kind of sets the tone. OK, I'll skip to Keep Article going. four. No one should be held in slavery or servitude.
3: Oh, that happens all... That's, that's, no. We're, we violate that. How do we violate violation. that? How do we violate that? Well, I think it's, I think, wage slavery. I think uh, there's all kinds of different ways. I mean, uh, in fact, the military is essentially a, a detrid servitude. Okay, let's go to Article 5. <clears throat> no one shall be
1: subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment.
3: No, we violate that constantly. All the time.
1: Article 7. All are equal before the law, are entitled without any discrimination to equal protection of the law. All are entitled mm-hmm. to equal protection against any discrimination in violation. And that flows into Article 8. Everyone has the right to an effective, effective remedy by the competent national tribunals for acts violating the fundam- fundamental rants of fundamental rights granted Grants. him by the Constitution or by law.
3: Article well, that's a known fact that that doesn't work out.
1: Article 9, no yeah, one no should no. be subjected to arbitrary arrest, detention, or exile. We know it happens we vi- all the time. We now vi- we
3: can drone ourselves. Well, this is
1: Article 10. Everyone is entitled in full equality to a fair and public hearing by an independent and impartial tribunal in the determination of his rights.
3: Well, they just gunned down the, or shot down those, those people in uh, Yemen with a drone, and not to mention all the people in Pakistan, so that can't be true.
1: Everyone charged with a penal offense has the right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty according to law. Unless, of course, you're on John Brennan's list and he decides to drone you. Now, here's an interesting one, Article 12. No one shall be subjected to arbitrary interference with his privacy, family, home, or correspondence.
3: Well, it can't be more arbitrary than it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, ever hear of uh, that building on 2nd Street in San Francisco? They're sucking up your phone and email all the time. Oh, Article 13. Everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and to return to his country. No, not in America. If you don't pay your taxes, they will take away your passport. Clear violation of Article 13. Article 16. Men and women of full age, without any limitation due to race, nationality, or religion, have the right to marry and found a family. I think uh, we're in violation. It doesn't say only men and women can get married. It says men and women of full age have the right to marry and to found a family. Article 17. No one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his property. Uh, let me see. What happened in San Francisco? Did uh, I get kicked out of my house under eminent domain?
3: Yeah, you did. You got kicked out. Kicked out. The government so said So they could leave. build some some. In fact, bus station. A bus, bus, bus station. station. A bus, station. A bus station. Yeah, a big bus station. Article nineteen. Nobody goes to the old bus station, but they're going to build a big one.
1: Everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression, except you can't say you're fat because that would be bullying. <laughs> This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media, including podcasts. Article 20. Everyone has the right to freedom of peaceful assembly and association. No, only in the free speech zone. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Article 22. Everyone as a member of society has the right to social security. Huh. Okay, Article Twenty Three. Everyone, without discrimination, has the right to equal pay for equal work. This I find egregious because it's not equal output. No, it's equal pay for equal work. I th- you know, you, you hear the difference of what I'm saying.
3: Well, to explain it to me,
1: so um, you may be working on the railroad and you may be doing the same work i do but maybe you build the track 5 times faster faster you should be paid
3: more in my mind uh, yeah in your mind you're a, you're an a elitist yes correct <laughs> everyone who works has the right
1: to just and favorable remuneration ensuring for himself and his family an existence worthy of human dignity
3: what happens to all the interns <laughs> yes interns are illegal article
1: 24 here's here's where we come in everyone has the right to rest and leisure including reasonable limitation of working hours and periodic holidays with pay we're working on a holiday and not getting paid and screwed Uh, on article 24 I've been complaining about this (laughs) article 25 this is crazy Everyone has the right to a standard of living Adequate for health and well-being of himself and his family Including food, clothing, housing, medical care Necessary social services The right to security in the event of unemployment Sickness, disability, widowhood Old age or other lack of livelihood In circumstances beyond his control Wow If that's a human right Then why don't I just quit right now? I got no job. It's a circumstance beyond my control. I can't help the economy's busted. I, it, it's a human rights violation for you not to pay me. Not paying you. <laughs> then you're violating my human rights.
3: Well, I guess. Uh, everyone, uh, this is. Sounds uh, like most of these things are in violation. Article 27.
1: Everyone has the right to the protection of the moral and material interests resulting from any scientific, literary, or artistic production of which he is the author. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can go back to Q and sue them under Article 27 of the Universal Human Rights Declaration.
3: Yeah, yeah, Q. Slowly I turned.
1: So that's just a... uh, You should know these. I mean, if you are a citizen of the world, and if you are going to believe in your government here in the United States of Gitmo Nation, you should know these rights, and you should call them on it. You also have the right, by the way. This was very funny. Uh, Let me see if I can find it quickly here. Um, Everyone, John, everyone has the right to education. Here's the kicker. Education shall be free in the elementary and fundamental stages.
3: Is it free in America? Well, in a manner of speaking. Do they mean
1: free as in money free or free as in free as to what you can be taught? Oh, no, they mean money free. It's not free. I pay for that. I pay my taxes.
3: No, that's what I'm saying. In a manner of speaking. If you had no money to pay in so far as taxes are concerned, you'd still get a free education. Well, thank goodness at least we adhere to
1: one of the 30 articles. That's groovy. Yeah. So you should, people need to understand these. There's no mention of LGBT rights. There's no mention of internet rights, except for the podcast thing. You know, and the United States is clearly in violation of at least half, if not three quarters, of the agreed to universal rights. So stop being such an elitist douchebag, Hillary Clinton. Stop it. And by the way, I have the human right to say that, douche.
3: So we should definitely get find someone who can get us that Chinese document. Yeah. Which has got to be hilarious. It's got to be funny, yeah. Because the but. Chinese are so annoyed by us constantly nagging them over their human rights issues when they have this huge population and they have to deal with it. And they deal with it, you know, yeah, a lot of there is so there's a lot of I think there's a lot of corruption going on. China's got nothing but trouble. Going ahead, but we're not the ones that should be wagging our finger. Well, you heard her doing just that. We're watching you. We've got our eye on you.
1: I'm it's, Hillary it's Clinton. It's totally hypocritical. Yeah. So. Hope you all enjoyed that little uh, trip down to human rights lane. Human rights are a farce. A farce, I tell <laughs> a farce. you. farce. It's a farce. Watch that interview. You'll You'll be astounded by how human rights has been misused to tell other countries what they should be doing and if they don't adhere to it to go in and kick their ass which is exactly what we do
3: i know we're really good at it <laughs> it's all we do what else do we do i don't know not much it's getting kind of you know so uh we can go in a d- couple of directions. We can get it. We can uh, thank wait, wait first for five for, donors. First, we need to. Yeah, let's do the donor thing right now.
9: I'm going to show my support by donating
2: to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh,
6: yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda.
3: Yeah, that's a good spot for that explosion. Jasper Je- Holmberg in Duval, Washington, came. Uh, he's the he's our number one donor this week uh, at one hundred twenty three dollars and thirty three cents. Thank you, Jeff. To put forth put forth his theory on the thirty three meme, it's a reference to Executive Order one two three three three. United States intelligence activity Ooh. signed by Reagan in 1981, which basically tells the CIA to go get them, boys. Hey, excellent. I now like that number. They simply use 3 3 or three two three 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 to sign their work. Yeah. There is as good as any. I like it. <laughs> it's great. Unless Executive Order 12333 three, three was referencing to something else. Uh, and if
1: anything is possible.
3: He needs a chi chicka ching ching karma. For an upcoming job interview. All right, let's rock
1: it.
8: You've got karma.
3: I also want to thank William Ashby in Mobile, Alabama, $112.35. In the morning, twits best when you two are on. Yeah, okay. All right. Adam did a great job last week, so please play the jingle announcing 33 as I saw it thrice in three days. Once on NPR about some Pakistani doctor who helped find Osama. Once on the New York Times and once in a commercial. Also, I had a nightmare while drunk that the You Will Obey jingle was a neuroprogramming of the Dvorak slash org slash NA jingle. What? You Will Obey was a neuroprogramming of the Dvorak.org slash NA jingle. Play those back-to-back sometime.
1: Uh well first let me do the uh,
9: thirty three That's the magic number. Oh, it number. It it's the magic number. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. So you're gonna play you will obey and then Devark.org NA. You want me to do that right now?
1: Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. I just gotta Yeah, you know, it's, it's we haven't played the You Will Obey in such a long time. I gotta go to a different rack. Hold on. Uh, where is it? Uh, here we go. Uh.
8: You will obey. Dvorak.org slash N-A.
3: Now, I wonder if you played Dvorak.org slash N-A first, then you uh, will obey. I want to hear that.
8: Dvorak.org slash N-A. You will obey.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That's a good one. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I think he's on to something. He is. It's a good, good, good idea. <laughs> Maxwell Robertson, Crown Point, Indiana is on to something with $110.20. Adam, it's up to you to make sure John doesn't fuck this up. <laughs> Thanks, Maxwell. We'd like to get some Gitmo Nation poppy karma for the upcoming deployment. Oh, boy. He may be overseas. Yeah. Uh, we just pump some argon into an empty bottle of johnny walker gold to no avail what he means by that is he drank it anyway (laughs) we have we have now resorted to cheap high plains wine by the way liquor uh high alcohol liquor anything 80 proof or so doesn't the argon doesn't mean anything one way or the other uh it's just things that oxidize which is wine and Max just had an epic opt-out at the Chi-Town Aerospace Complex. No cotton pads. Don't <laughs> fear the cheeseburger, Dvorak. You are next. Give Chelsea a MILF shout-out. Cue it, because Scott's too scared. I hope some scratch-off tickets head my way so I can become a mofo knight. John, don't worry. Zuck will soon rule <laughs> the world, and you. Adam, hook it up for the multiple combat tours, folks.
8: MILF. That's one mother. I like to) <laughs> You've got karma. Yeah, be careful
3: out there, boys. I don't know what he's even talking well, about. They're, they're clearly being redeployed to Afghanistan. Yeah, they gotta protect the poppy. In fact, uh, front page today's New York Times, big giant above the full picture of a poppy an army officer walking through a poppy field while on patrol. <laughs> <laughs> in afghanistan last
1: Could month you just i mean why don't they just come over here pick up some cow poop and and rub it in my face because that would this be less thing, it's offensive it's a real
3: pretty picture and these poppies aren't they're just beautiful. real dark red ones They're they're, they're kind of a very interesting pretty, hybrid pretty
1: well i hope uh, I, US, I, I hope our guys only have to do that and that there's that that's you know because that I would be understand safe
3: if you walk through those poppy fields enough you get wasted <laughs> u.s efforts fail to curtail trade in Afghan opium, top story in today's New York Times, Sunday Times. Lure of poppy profits. After allies exit, drugs likely to remain fuel of corruption. No, there's gambling going on over there? Shocking. Shocking. I tell you. Carrie Smock in San Diego, California, 75 bucks. Can you uh, do a shout out to my husband, Bill Smock? Smock, smock, for his birthday. He listens to your show quite regularly, and I would like his donation to go towards his eventual night. You
1: know, that is so sweet. That is so sweet.
3: Loving wife, Carrie. Yes. Yes, loving wife. Send pictures. So he'll be on the list. Jesse Cruz, Highland... (laughs) (laughs) And the quarter just fell. Okay, dropped. Jesse Cruz in Highland Park, Illinois, and the streak continues at sixty nine, sixty nine in the morning. John and Adam, can I get a Huntsman Karma shot for my friend Erica, Erica Bunell, Bunell, for a job search Karma, and Don Vondren and Ray Sure Caesar. Dan Dan Vondren. Yeah, I said Don. Yeah. Dan Vondren and Ray Caesar for overall Karma. So
13: just.他不太了解这个情形。
8: You've got
3: karma. Ray Mackenzie, Mor- Moronville, Alberta. Oh, I'm sorry, Moronville. Oh Alberta. man, of the the ten people who donate, you're gonna insult them. You're no, really... I'm not insulting him. You can't use the n-word, man. That's against my human 69, rights. Sixty-nine for Ray from Ray. You're violating Alberta's my human rights. He can get 69, sixty-nine every week, and the money's <laughs> still there. Uh, Trevor Stroop. Hillsboro, Oregon, wine wine-growing country, 6969, Trevor Stroop-like soup. Adam, your twit appearance was great, best twit I've heard in months. Also, as a fellow aviator, I appreciate your commentary whenever an aviation topic is mentioned. I've been listening for about two years now, and I've wanted to come in for first time as an executive producer, but my recent angiogram drained most of my savings account. Wait a minute.
1: I thought Obama is going to pay for all that.
3: I guess not. Please deduce me with a slide whistle duet background, and oh. uh, everything has turned out fine except for the frustration of dealing with the cluster fiasco that is the healthcare system. Please give a douchebag call to my son Ethan, Ethan douchebag, douche who has been a listener for a while but now subscribes to Hulu Plus instead of you. <laughs> oh my goodness, cheap. that's
1: horrible! All right, let's give him a little little deducing there.
0: You've been de douched.
3: <laughs> Ray met San Diego, California, 6969. Here's some cash for the cause and to prevent Adam from having a broke ass wedding. You're the only news I need. Can I get some huntsman mi- Wow, well, people are really into the huntsman. The huntsman thing.
1: thing, yeah, it's pretty amazing. No,
0: that's one mother I'd like to.
1: <laughs>
8: You've got karma.
3: Why? Because? That's why. Because. Paul Hargett in Hayes, Kansas, 6967. Thanks to the Ozone Nightmare Podcast, I've had a two-month-long boner. <laughs> I thought about it. Oh, I thought it was time to contribute my first donation with a Pro Silky Smooth Slide Whistle 69 combo donation. <laughs> Please give me a de douching along with a slide whistle duet. Another one. No. It's, a, it's well, strange. It, 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 oh, it's uh, interesting. You've been
0: de
5: douched.
3: Okay. We're going to have to put the, the kibosh on that eventually. <laughs> it's annoying me. John Haller in Missoula, Montana, 6057. You have a real kick out of Adam on Twitter. You have much more intelligence and experience than anyone would imagine. Oh, then what you reveal on no agenda. What? That's what he said. Oh. You rock, he says. I'm, I mean. Wait, to- went back up. I, what? He says that you are showing more intelligence on Twitter than you do on this show. But, That's what if, he said. Because I understand
1: the fina- financial markets?
3: I don't know. It's crazy. Listen to it. I thought it was boring. Uh, you need to beg, borrow, or buy. I missed the gun. That's what irks me. I, I gave up on the show about a half an hour in, and then you pull the gun out. And well, sir, we did, did, did you just call me boring? No, oh. it was the sh- no. I was just kidding. You need to. It was actually one of the one, <laughs> one of the, the shows. Yeah. You carried the show. Thank you. And I don't know what else to say. Scoble was on. You need to beg, borrow, buy a truck camper unit. Mm, well, so I it, bought one last year and lived in it for five. Minutes. You know, you could. That's a possibility. Let me,
1: let me just uh, add that we. Uh, so we desperately need a shorter trailer or a bigger truck. One of the two, and, and by the way, we're leaving for the wedding in six weeks, and then when we come back, you know, we need we need to depart on the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. So, still desperately looking for something to hook up to. Uh, Mustang Sally, the 2002 Dodge Ram with the 5.9 engine.
3: Which, what about getting a tr- camper shell?
1: Yeah, dude. You want to talk to Mickey Dude. about that? You want to talk to Mickey about that? She she's expecting some kind of luxury.
3: You have the truck, a used unit would be cheap, and you could auction it off to a lucky listener and recover the cost. It's not cheap. This is the thing. I've looked at second hand trailers. No, we're talking about a camper shell.
1: If you want a decent one that's not gonna like, you know, fall off its axle, it's style, it's <laughs> yeah. it's Best thousands of, of with
3: dollars. The Mickey sounds just wonderful. You're a lucky man, John. Huh? Oh, I love you too, John. Leaving El Cerrito would be a good for your crankiness. I left Kensington and I'm much happier. Please send de-douching and good driving karma as I'm 5,000 miles wow. into another 10,000-mile trip around the U.S.
8: Wow. You've been de-douched. You've got karma.
3: Tristan Banning in Toronto, Ontario, 51. Double niggles on the dime. Hey, guys, trying to make a donation, a regular thing, three times in about two months. And since the Canadian government gave me money, I don't know why. (laughs) I figured I'd portion off a chunk to you guys. Must be Calgary. Hey, Citizen Karma for myself, my mom, K-Ray, and my girlfriend, Holly Dunbar, all of whom listen to No Agenda. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Hey, Citizen.
8: You've got karma.
3: Steve Wittig in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Double nickels on the day that comment.
1: The moment I met you, I swear. <phone rings> Gilbert O'Sullivan,
3: Brian Smith in Irvine, California, home to the University of California, of Irvine, fifty-one fifty, sending fifty-one fifty in today to support to show you both are clearly insane. <laughs> Your last show was awesome, but the real reason I'm sending his donations is due to Dvorak's stoner dude impersonation. I'm currently stoned and donating. Hey, hey, hey. Well, uh, hello. Then. Uh, I'm currently stoned and donating, man. So feel free to read the rest of this in the stoner dude voice. <laughs> Don't give up on Joe Rogan podcast, man. I know Adam's recent attempt didn't go as planned, but when the no agenda and Joe Rogan podcast forces a line, it'll be groovy, dude. <laughs> And can I please get a Clippity Club douchebag combo? Thanks, bro. Keep up the good work. Brian from Southern California. P.S. regarding the slide whistles, they can be excessive at times, but I support your fundamental human right to slide whistle. PPS and Adam, make sure John comes on the Joe Rogan podcast with you, man. It's just not no agenda. Without the both of you, and I know John would love it. Make it happen.
1: (laughs) Article 31 of the United Declaration of Human Rights. Slide whistle shall be at the prerogative of the human resource. He wants a douchebag. I I think he was really
3: stoned. He probably wanted a de-douching, but okay. He said douchebag. Yeah, I I read it. (laughs) He was stoned. He didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Michael Clink, Oak Park, Illinois, fifty dollars. ITM, A C and J C D. My birthday today, so I gave you fifty bucks. You're Wishing you all a happy memorial day and finally a little job, Karma. Thanks, soon to be Sir Colonel Clink.
8: You've got karma.
3: And uh Ray, sorry, uh, we also have Alan Martin, Brandon, Florida, 50, no comment. Peter Totes, Sir Peter Totes, the U, $50. Ryan Hoskins in Yorba Linda, California, $50, saying he's going on vacation to Las Vegas on Sunday. And boy, my arm's tired. Uh, And like to get some karma for the trip. Uh, Thank you both for all the hard work you do deconstructing the news. As a student, I know how hard it is to find the funds to donate to this show. But I know that there are a lot of other people out there who can afford the $11.11 monthly subscription like I do. And it's very important that everyone follow the value for value model. And this show is based on, thank you for making the best podcast in the universe. A
1: little bit of karma for you, student.
8: You've got karma.
3: Well, you know,
1: I got really motivated yesterday. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to start writing the outline for our book about, uh, I have the title and everything. It's not just going to be a no agenda book. I think it has to be, title of the book is Steal This Book 2.0 subtitle the value for value model. And I'm like, we can write this. It'll be great. We'll give it away. People will send us money for it. We'll follow the whole thing through. And, I, and today I don't feel so good about it
3: <laughs> for some reason. You still on board well, with that? Uh, yeah, well, you shouldn't. And, uh, and I don't like, uh, you know. What don't you like? Well, I don't like. Get into the, I mean, eventually we're going to have to do it, but I think in the future where we actually have product.
1: What, what do you mean? Why don't you like a book about the value for value model?
3: Because we have to
1: ship the book. No, it's, a, it's an e-book. Oh, an e-book.
3: Yeah. It's just, oh.
1: it's just an e-book and you can get it oh, for a free. Oh, an e-book, yeah. It's, and the, it's and the, fine. And the, and Yeah, we
3: it, just set up a mechanism. Yeah, yeah. it says doable. And then you donate if you like the book. OK,
1: let's say, let's say that, you know, you set up something and all of a sudden you became a millionaire on our value for value model. And You send us half a million. That would be good. Well, it would be worth it. I think so. I mean, so do you like that idea or are you just saying that for the show and after the show,
3: you're going to berate me for it? I, I might berate you for it. I doubt it. I'd probably forget it's so early <laughs> in. I don't have a long memory if you haven't noticed. <laughs> you so I, know, what I about, was thinking about you this week and then you forgot. There, I was th- no, but I was thinking about it. I, I reminded myself because I have a clip. I want to just interject it here before we get to our thank yous, because there's a new show coming out on television Uh-oh. Uh, that is <laughs> right up your alley. And it's something that I wanted to alert you to, because I don't know that you'd know that this was going to happen, but oh. I know it's important to you. So, so I do have this clip okay. uh, telling us about the new show.
5: So are you guys ready to get carried away again? It's dang. Dang
3: That's got to be a thing.
5: Yeah, well, the pilot for The Carrie Diaries, the prequel to Sex and the City, has leaked, and it whisks us back to 1984 when Carrie Bradshaw was a high school girl in suburban Connecticut. Anna-Sophia Robb will play Carrie in full 80s fashion, lots of Laura Ashley and material girl looks and Manola Blonick's Nowhere to Be oh, Seen. Goodness. So look at her. Yeah, she's, wow. it's really, it looks good. Uh, Carrie Diaries airs on CW starting in January. Looking forward to that. And finally, everybody, have you ever gone to the freezer hoping you to are, into- uh,
1: violating my human rights as an LGBT male uh, by making fun of me. Uh, just because I'm bi-curious doesn't mean... I like stupid Sex in the City. No, no, no. You went to see all the
3: Sex in the City movies. I I know that for a fact. I went
1: to see the second one because Mickey asked me to go, and it was three. It was very long. Three hours of my life that I've never really quite recovered. Oh,
3: I had misinterpreted this all along. I thought you were a huge, huge, huge Sex in the City fan. No, I like Smash because that's a good show. Oh, see that—that also leads me into the same
1: conclusion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, Smash got picked up for a second season.
3: Yeah, and
1: it will be eventually. It will be a uh, a musical, and I will go see the musical. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely
3: (laughs) on Broadway.
1: So uh, Are you culture barbarian. By you?
3: the way, we've tried to watch Girls and deconstruct it.
1: Oh no, nah, it's I, I mean Mickey still really likes it, and I'm like, I, it's got the dialogue is idiotic, and men do not talk like. this. No, women talk like this. This is apparently exactly how women talk when we're not looking.
3: Yeah, and it's yeah, pretty it's frightening. Like it's like the, uh, the it's frightening uh, Eddie Murphy bit where he poses as a white guy, and then as soon as he walk, becomes a white guy, everything's free. Only in, when there's black people around do they start charging money. you remember that from a movie? It was very funny. No. Anyway, sorry, let's get back to the... No. Uh,
1: well, I wanted to play a little thing from PBS. So yeah, got a birthday. Yeah, I got 90. that. I got that. I got that. I got a little thing from PBS just to show you. Now, PBS, of course, is doing their, uh, their fund-raising drive. Stop fluting and listen. So I want you to... So this is a local station, local PBS. The way it works is... You know, PBS, uh, they have, what's the guy, the travel guy? Rick Steves. That's the guy. Travel guy. So now travel guy is, uh, if you donate $100, I think maybe it's $150, then you get his
3: 90...
1: The $150 level. Level. Giving level. Then you get his 90-episode DVD set. So they come out of uh, an episode where he is in Denmark. Now, this is PBS, public television, so highly rated, so incredibly intelligent, you must support them at the $150 giving level. Denmark. I
9: hope you've enjoyed our look at the best of Denmark. I'm Rick Steves. Steves. Until next time, keep on traveling.
5: How interesting to see ancient and modern Greece, including where the Olympics started.
3: (laughs) <laughs> what?
1: They come out like that was so interesting that about Greece.
5: <laughs>
3: the guy said that's it from Denmark. How? Yeah, this thing is just clipped clipped together by an idiot that how met, messed that, up and how uh, this interesting. is the kind of phony baloney stuff you get from PBS. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How interesting. Just yeah. fantastically interesting. All right, we uh, really need some more support from you guys. Um I think we have uh, I mean it's kind of interesting where on one hand you can say you know you give us the value after we've given you the value but maybe we should wait until you give us the value for us to give you the value i don't know i thought we gave you some value today where else have you heard the tr- the 30 articles of the human rights as declared by the elites no of the one united nations
3: discussed that except the two of us no exactly where fact, else no one you- ever it except you let's be straight about it well is that is that a bad thing no, is a great thing. I yeah. never thought to look it up.
1: Exactly. So, where else will you actually hear the elitist agenda of killing your children? <laughs> did we not? Did we not exa- show exactly that? trying to keep people alive.
8: <laughs> Devorak Birthday, slash oh, na.
0: No, I-
1: smock she congratulates her husband bill who turns 47 today she loves him so much she actually succumbed to donating to the program carrie you are a fantastic partner in life michael clink also celebrating today and he congratulates himself and those are our birthdays happy birthday from all your buddies here at the no agenda show and indeed we have uh one nighting i want to say uh, Meetsy at noagendanation.com. Mike Echo Echo Tango Sierra Yankee. Meetsy at noagendanation.com if you believe you have a knighthood, if your ring hasn't arrived. Uh, she's uh, almost caught. She's, she was sick. I didn't know she was sick, John. She's feeling better,
3: though, I guess. She uh, had the, uh, yeah, she had some cold or something. Hmm. Well, but she only does the rings when she feels like it. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
1: That's nice. That's nice to know. <laughs> George Scanlon, step forward, please, sir. Thank you so much for contributing to the No Agenda show, the best podcast in the university in the amount of $1,000 or more. You, sir, will be receiving one of the rings uh, when meetsy feels like it. Uh, So we hereby pronounce the Sir George Knight of the now agenda roundtable for you, sir. Hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, wenches and beer, or hot pants and booze right here at the roundtable. Thank you for supporting the show. Value for value. It works. Sometimes. I, I witnessed something interesting this past week, which I wanted to talk to you about remember i had that allergy for a week like the mold allergy and i was dizzy
3: yeah, uh, and... from the uh the area that has apparently a lot of mold
1: yeah i was like falling down and sleeping all day and it was it was quite disturbing because i'm i'm a pretty healthy dude i think
3: yeah you look healthy yeah thank you
1: we haven't seen each other in, in so long honey how can you even know you that
3: you don't look as healthy as zuma but we'll get to that later
1: okay that was zuma <laughs> yeah and <nah, nah, laughs> i know what, i know i know you're on to um, so, you know, Ms. Mickey had uh, really bad allergies and it got to the point where, you know, you know, when your wife says to you, honey, do, do, do my eyes look puffy? I mean, what is the correct answer?
3: Well, the correct answer, it depends on how long <laughs> you've been married. <laughs> I, well, the, we get married on July
1: 16th. So what is the correct answer? Oh no, you look so beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I got up the other night. Is it? I said, what? You're in bed already. You didn't. Uh, you didn't wash your face. She said, "Oh no, I already took off my makeup. You couldn't tell." What is the correct answer?
3: Oh, <laughs> really? I, no, I couldn't tell. You don't even need makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding advice from the
1: Curry Devorei Consulting Group, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, I. Th- uh, anyway. So she um, was looking around, you know, how how can she fix these allergies? Because she really had them bad. And uh, so she winds up at a guy, Dr. Ron, here in Austin, upon recommendation of a friend's sister. And he does kind of like voodoo stuff, but also. uh He says
3: voodoo doctor. (laughs) That's what you want. (laughs) Also uh, acupuncture acupuncture
1: and so um now you know me i'm i'm not one for the pharmaceutical industry and system so i'm i i do not go to the doctor ever i just refuse because i know what's going to happen and say oh, oh no you're gonna die you know we're gonna, you're <laughs> gonna
3: <laughs> die you're more likely to get sick at the uh, hospital
1: exactly it's like yeah. oh it's you know. a
3: fact by the
1: way yeah everyone's saying like oh you know you need to get a prostate exam no not gonna <laughs> do that because the elites don't do it warren buffett's guy doesn't do it Because, you know, what will happen is, oh, yeah, no, we definitely got to. First, they should stick a camera in your butt, and then they radiate you. It's like, no, I don't want that. Um, So, yeah, and I'm very skeptical. All right. But I say, okay, you know, uh, for this, uh, I'll go and have a visit with Dr. Ron. I have to say, John, have you ever had acupuncture? No. Very interesting. Very interesting experience. Um, In fact, it was kind of like. Not kind of. It was very similar to smoking weed where, you know, he, and I'm not, a, I'm, I'm very afraid of needles. So, you know, I got my eyes closed. Yeah. These like, needles are pretty, Yeah, you don't feel it at all, but right. you know, he put one in my third eye chakra, which is right, right there where your third eye is on your forehead. And then one at the top of my head. And I and literally, I could hear like zzz, electricity, like, zzz, zzz. and I swear to God, I got high. I started giggling. Like I, I was, like I was smoking weed. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> And then after that, and then after that, I got really heavy, dude. <laughs> I had to sit in my car and drink tea for like 10 minutes before I could drive. I'm like, dude, I'm so baked from this. It was, <laughs> it was an awesome experience. Baked. <laughs> but he did, he, he did something else. Um, so I said, you know, I got Tourette's. You know, like, okay, okay, superstar, fix my Tourette's. He's like, okay. So he brings out these two like, boxes that are like uh, VHS uh, cassette boxes, and there's all kinds of vials in them. Have you ever seen this, uh, this procedure? No. Okay, so you're lying on your back. You put your left arm in the air straight up, and he pushes at the back of your hand, trying to push your hand forward, and you have to use as much pressure as you can not to allow him to push your hand. You with me? Okay. Okay, so then he puts the first DVD box on. He says, is there anything in here? It puts it on my stomach, literally, and presses my hand. And my hand doesn't move. And he says, okay, there's nothing in there. He takes the second DVD box, puts it on my stomach, anything in here. And and, you know, and he's pushing my hand, and he's moving it forward, and I cannot stop him from pushing it. I'm not a weak guy. I'm like, that's weird. So, no, this is your body telling you that there's something in here that you can't stand. And so, that- there,
3: Wait, wait, wait. He's not, is he playing the DVDs? <laughs> no, it's a DVD filled with, it's a box filled with vials of stuff. And he puts he just puts the box on your stomach, mm-hmm. and it, but the stuff is in the box. Mm-hmm. There's not, not nothing else going on.
1: Well, no, I, I'm sorry. He opens the box, turns it upside down. So there's maybe thirty vials in there. So, but they're not on my bare stomach. They're on my just on my stomach on my clothes. All right. So anyway, oh, there's something in here. Then he turns the box over and he puts my finger on each one of these vials and does that test, trying to push my arm forward. And I can feel him really trying to push and I'm pushing back and he's not moving. Then he hits one and I cannot stop him from moving my arm forward. It's like, Hmm, let's take a look. He pulls it. I says, Oh, mercury. There's something going on in your body with mercury. And then he takes and he, and he continues this test and he he puts like on your liver, um, your large intestine, your small intestine. He's like, no, it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Then he puts it on the right hand side of my head and he can push my arm all the way down to the ground. He said, you got mercury in your brain. I'm like, what? So you, you got mercury in your brain. And he does a couple more tests. And then he said, okay, you got this when you were six or seven years old. You had a vaccination. You got mercury. And it's now literally encapsulated and sitting in your brain. And that's probably the cause of your Tourette's. And uh, so he says, you know, it'll take about a year but I think we can get rid of it.
3: You're Well, that's about as hocus-pocus as a story that you've ever told, ever.
0: <laughs> no, what do
1: you... Why? I mean, what happens if it actually... if it actually fixes it? Would you still say it's hocus-pocus?
3: Well, I would say... I would say here we have an example of the, of the very little understood, in fact, almost not understood, placebo effect, which would possibly cure you
1: you think it's you think it's all placebo effect huh
3: well you know this thing about the about this pushing the arms down i've seen this demonstrated before i was I, always, hi, I
1: was highly skeptical i'm like yeah this yeah, almost yeah, seems I like it should be
3: but but i've seen there's a there's a, uh, I i don't know if I, I may have told this story on the show maybe two or three years ago because uh, i witnessed this and uh, i've talked to people who know about it and who also seen it And it's a theory by Mark Levinson, who is one of the most famous audio engineers in history. And you can just look up the Levinson amplifier and you can see, um, find all kinds of references. Very expensive. And uh, he has this theory that digitized music uh, actually has a, a, a psychological effect on people and weakens them and makes them susceptible to propaganda and whatever.
1: I believe that, certainly if it's MP3 quality.
3: And so he, uh, well, he says an email off of a DVD. So he and and but he says this can all be modified away. And 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 this other very famous uh, audio guy named Berwin, I, I can't remember his first name, but I've actually corresponded with him, and he's aware of the Levinson gimmick and the fact that Berwin's uh, uh, software will change the DVD so they work just up. So he'll bring somebody in up from the audience. Somebody comes up, and it was a seminar. Uh, or not a seminar, but a presentation that I was at. And he tells them to hold their hands out, and then he pushes down. He says, "Now resist me as much as you can. And they play some DVD music from a regular DVD, and he, and he just said, no, resist it. Boom, pushes them right down, just instantly. And said, so, no, you can't you resist any better. And it's the same kind of thing that you were doing. Mm-hmm. And he just pushed them down. And then he plays the modified DVD that has been burwinized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that has all the better characteristics, and the person can hold their arms out and and resist. Right. And it would go and it, n- there's not a person in the world that can explain this. I mean, uh, whatever. But this kind of thing, it's it's out. Penis, there. penis,
1: penis. Oh man, it's not working.
3: We're talking about penis.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'll keep you. Uh, it's by the way, it's very cheap procedure um so it'll be worth it for me to try
3: what's he uh, gonna do is it gonna be uh, uh like every month Chelates, chelates, chelates. Every,
1: no every month i come in he does a little uh he, he does the sacred uh uh the sacred um what is the word i'm looking for so
3: i'm getting the impression this guy's not really a doctor uh he studied at uh, ut
1: yeah. uh and uh after he finished medical school he uh he went to the Orient and studied this, and he came back and he decided this. It was interesting because. Well, that, my
3: doctor's an acupuncturist too.
1: Well, you know, but what he was saying, you know, we were talking, because I was kind of interviewing at the same time, like, yeah, you know, I'm skeptical. And, and uh, he said, I'm highly skeptical of the pharmaceutical industry. He said, You should be, because they're just trying to sell vaccines, which is all bullcrap. And by the way, he said, There's legislation, you can't go sue the vaccine companies. I'm like, Okay. All right, you're in <laughs> my on. camp. You're in. you're in my <laughs> camp. All right, all right, stick the, stick the needle in me, bitch. Go. Make him listen to the show. Uh, anyway, so it could be the placebo effect. It could be uh, sacred signs and stuff and all kinds of good stuff. It could just be because I believe that my body heals itself, but I've been living with this for almost 48 years, so it would be interesting if it were to be gone. And then, yeah, but, but maybe uh, I won't be interesting then. I'm kind of worried about that too. Then like, that
3: can happen. Maybe yeah. the Mercury is the only thing keeping you uh, on the on the on the track. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh no,
3: it could be. Yeah, um, eh, you know it's okay. The show's going to end someday anyway. Yeah, we're all going to so, die. In so we got at least a year. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So this guy Zuma, the head of South Africa.
1: Yeah, we know him. What a piece of work this guy is! Wasn't there some crap about a painting or something? Is, was yeah, there's off a painting
3: about? of him in the main museum. Of it is called the the um, uh, the spear, the spear, and it's a picture of him with his dick hanging out and his balls hanging out.
0: <laughs>
3: which I can't even wait, imagine doing. That do in this we have? Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. The book of knowledge. I need a picture of this.
3: Yeah, just uh, type Zuma balls and, no. on, in Google, no. and
1: you'll see the picture. Really? Balls? With a Z? No, with balls. an S, balls. balls? Hold on a second. Zuma balls. Shh. Okay. Oh, man, you get all kinds of Zuma balls. No, on, no, no, no. Yeah. The, the
3: pictures are there. No. To images.
1: No, I'm going to images, and I get all kinds of beads.
3: Z-U-M-A. Yes. Okay, here, let me get you the real search. How about Zuma Painting. His first name Zuma, South Africa. Zuma
1: painting balls. Ah, okay. There it is. Let me
3: just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got dudes hung like a horse. Well, he has four wives, and he still has kids out of wedlock. He's just a—he's a total dog. And you know, he's running the country, and so they're all—he's circumcised with... too. So they somebody put the. Uh, Put this painting out, and it's on the museum. And so it's kind of the they, o-
1: the Obama colors. You notice that?
3: Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> except for the blue, missing blue. So, um, so somebody defaces the painting, and now it's a big scandal. And but the weird thing is, they they had the de- the defacing on the BBC, but the it was it was a camera that was obviously on a tripod, and the whole thing was filmed from the beginning when the first guy puts an X over his head, and then the next guy comes along with some black. And then they, it's all, like, it's a produced it was video. Set,
1: it was set up, is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, it was totally set up. It plays Zuma balls, and you give a little backstory.
11: <laughs> a controversial painting that shows the South African president, Jacob Zuma, with his genitals exposed, has been defaced at an art gallery in Johannesburg. The attacker told the BBC he'd smeared the picture with paint because he thought it disrespectful. The BBC's Milton Nicosi reports...
13: It was business as usual at the Goodman Gallery in Johannesburg. Then suddenly, this is what happened. The portrait depicted a fully clothed President Jacob Zuma, but with his genitals exposed. A scuffle ensued, and the two gentlemen were apprehended by security guards.
8: This is the guy I painted. the authorities? Where are the authorities?
13: And then hand it over to the police. Wait a minute. Will appear in court soon.
8: Wait
1: a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So this picture, the, the, the guy likes the picture because it shows him hung like a horse and it's okay. It's on display. And then someone comes in and ruins it because it's inappropriate. Is that, is that what I'm understanding?
3: Well, I'm not sure. I never got the the straight scoop on whether Zuma likes or dislikes the picture.
1: But he didn't do anything because it's been hanging for a while. Yeah, it's been hanging there at the museum. Nothing's
3: been done. It's not an illegal picture. So I'm suspecting he probably did like it because it was, you know. Yeah, it's it's flattering. Well, to guys married and have four wives and a bunch of other women on the side, I guess it would be. Dude, this is a flattering picture. Here's a. the Zuma Balls Part 2 just kind of wraps it up.
13: The African National Congress, President Jacob Zuma's party, is in court trying to force this gallery to take the painting down. There's been a lot of controversy in the last week about that painting. People were saying, especially from the African National Congress, that it is racist, disrespectful, and uncultural. <laughs> These supporters from the governing African National Congress were outside court singing old liberation songs. In his application to stop the display of the spear, President Jacob Zuma said he was hurt by the artwork. But why continue with court action? painting is already vandalized. In Section 10 of the South African Constitution, it says everyone has a right to human dignity. That everyone, including the president of this country, includes. Zuma as a father, into Zuma as a grandfather, into Zuma as the president of this country. President Zuma's life has been under public scrutiny for some time. A polygamist, he has four wives and has admitted fathering at least one child out of wedlock. Milton Ngosi, BBC News, Johannesburg. This is like,
1: uh, I don't know, this is weird. Is it some kind of racial thing they're trying to stir up, or
3: I don't have a clue. Who gives a crap? I mean, we do. Well, there's that. Well, it's this is just a novelty story. I mean, yeah. so it's. I mean, yeah. above all, yeah. But it's like South Africa is. Uh, we probably should look at it a little more than we do. We we yeah. pretty much have stopped paying attention to that far down. We, <laughs> we're up at we're looking at the pipelines and the yeah. stuff going up further yeah. north, but the. There's probably some pretty good stuff in South Africa to deal with in for terms sure, of uh, for sure not with China at all the rest guys, of this crazy guy. Guys walking around with their balls hanging out. It's good
1: stuff. Yeah, there you go. It's good stuff. Well, uh, the BBC of course uh, reporting on this. They're very smart the BBC. They have more information than you and I do as really? witness. Yes, uh, one of our donors mentioned uh, that he heard about he heard the 33 meme mentioned on the B- BBC report about the doctor Who faked the uh, vaccinations and thereby got, what is it, uh, he got like the DNA from someone, remember that story?
3: Oh, right, the guy, yeah. He
1: he faked vaccinations, got the DNA, and that led to Osama Bin Laden's uh, demise. The right. BBC, however, has an interesting twist on what really happened.
4: ...political fallout following the decision by a Pakistani court on Monday to jail Dr. Shaquille Afridi. He's the Pakistani doctor who was recruited by the CIA to help trace Osama bin Laden, running a fake vaccination program in the town of Abbottabad, where Bin Laden was eventually captured. Ah!
3: No, sh- no, you talked over it. I'm sorry, I said go again, but I was stunned that she pronounced She
1: said Abbottabad, I know, she said it right. That would, I noticed that too... Uh, but also, the, the guy was CIA. It's 33 years that he's been uh, convicted of. She says Abbottabad properly. So why is this last bit not true as well?
4: Bin Laden was eventually captured and executed by U.S. Navy SEALs. Ah,
3: I didn't know he Whoa. was captured and executed. wasn't captured and executed.
1: So wait a minute. So we have 33 years... CIS yeah, so code here. Abbottabad, which is the correct, correct pronunciation. It's not uh, Abbottabad. Abadab- right, Abadab- it right. It's Abbottabad. It code in itself. Yes. Extreme code. And uh, and uh, and then all of a sudden, Bin Osama uh, bin Laden was captured, then executed. What does the BBC know that we don't know?
3: Maybe they huh. didn't write the report. Interesting. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, that's what we've always suspected. Now,
1: have you heard this? This
3: is one that's... I'm not totally on That's vo- a clip of the day, by the way. Are you sure? I think so. That's, that's an outstanding
1: clip. You want to bestow that on me today? Well, that's very kind of you, John. Uh, there we go.
8: Clip of the day. It's
1: a little better than the Zuma Balls clip. Well, here's uh, two clips from uh, El Presidente Obama. And I'm not entirely on board with how it's being presented, but it is weird. It can be interpreted in two ways. This is about health care and equal rights for women and men. And he keeps referring to his sons. Have you heard this?
3: I <laughs> know, but I'm all ears. We don't need another political
11: fight about ending a woman's right to choose or getting rid of Planned Parenthood or taking away affordable birth control. We don't need that.
6: women to control their own health choices just like I want my daughters to have the same economic opportunities as my sons we're not turning
0: back
1: the clock I want my daughters to have the same econo- economic opportunities the same as my sons now you can interpret this two ways one he has kids we don't know about uh, you can interpret it multiple ways two his daughters are actually <laughs> dudes that's possible. <laughs> uh, three, he's so elitist that he considers uh, our kids to be his kids. And it, if it only happened once, okay, anomaly, teleprompter, flub, but it happens again.
0: We're all going backwards.
1: First bill I signed, Lily Ledbetter Act. Simple proposition. Equal pay for equal work. I don't want my daughters treated differently than my sons. What the heck does that mean? Is he the king now? My daughters, my sons, or or are his daughters dudes?
3: <laughs> or he has kids? <laughs> or he um, has more kids we don't know about by another wife? It could be the the other Obama. Oh,
1: the other Obama has sons, right? That would make sense. <clears throat> now
3: that uh, could be that. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because there's ways of better. There's ways of putting it. I mean, I would like that my daughters have the same advantages of as my sons. F- it's no way. I mean, there's ways of getting around saying that, and he just doesn't want to. And he's, I don't know. That's pretty strange. That's a good clip, but it's not the clip of the day.
1: So, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, I uh, have, well, I have a conclusion about this, which is why I want to play good. it. Because she's sending out code. And I believe, by the way, that she is 100% descendant of, uh, was it Arapaho? Is that a uh, Cherokee? So Elizabeth Warren, uh, she initially was supposed to head up the Consumer Protection Agency, and she's an incredible douchebag. I don't like her. She rubbed yeah, you the wrong way. Yeah, she's the one way. who
3: also walked out on Congress saying, I haven't got time for this, so, and left. So
1: she, Yeah, she's running for Senate.
3: <clears throat> and and Again, uh, Scott Brown, the, the, uh, the male model.
1: <laughs> Scott Brown, the, uh, the GQ model in uh, Massachusetts, <laughs> I believe. The, common, yep. the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Took over a Kennedy spot. So, in some cookbook somewhere that she released thirty years ago, called the Pow Wow Chow Down or something, uh, she claims that she is one thirty-two percent Cherokee Native American Indian, and she has actually gleaned some advantage, perhaps, by claiming to be a minority. Now, she does not look like she's a Native American Indian at all, at all. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, you know this is a political uh, campaign. So the whole thing, you know, blows up and everyone's like, hey, hold on a second. Answer the question. Did you make this crap up? Did you make it up? And uh, the people who have hired her said, oh, you know, it didn't make any difference. We didn't hire her because she's a minority or she got no benefit from us. But the question lingers and, of course, she hasn't really answered it. I believe it to be true. If you know anything about today's state of the Native American Indian... She is telling us this in code continuously while not answering the question.
12: Elizabeth, can you put this issue to
5: bed and tell us whether or not you are, in fact, a member of a minority group? So, I uh, middle-class families are getting hammered. I've been out talking to people about this all across the Commonwealth, and what they care about are what Washington is going to do about that. My Republican opponent um, has made it clear what he will do. He voted to double the interest rates. Members of the Cherokee Nation want to know. know. They say you should come clean. I... I have made the facts clear, and what I'm trying to do is talk about in this Senate race what matters to America's families, what matters to the families of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So will you tell us so whether or Brown not- has hammered on my family at the same time that he...
1: Now, so she's not answering the question, but do you hear the code that she's using the same over and over again? What?
5: That now middle class families are also getting hammered on this is she keeps talking about getting
1: hammered
3: yeah. yeah getting hammered
1: all all native american indians get hammered they get hammered on booze all day long she is a true cherokee
5: oh, she doesn't stop john the issue and it's my job in this campaign to talk about those issues well, why you this is you what matters minority. To the families. and 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 then stop
9: i, I can't stop her when she's in this in the in the sequence
1: i like she tries to get her pr guy to stop and he goes i can't stop her stop when she's in in the the sequence sequence is a douchebag what is
3: she what is she a robot (laughs) apparently
5: why did you claim you were a minority and then stop i've told you i have answered these questions i am going to talk about what's happening to america's families it's what people across the commonwealth of massachusetts tell me is important to them and it's what i'm going to don't you think it's an important issue
12: to address
5: I have talked about the issues that are most important to the families of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. The families themselves have made this clear. I have answered the questions about my background, about my family, and I am talking about what matters to the people of Massachusetts. They have said what they care about is that middle-class families are getting hammered.
1: She keeps saying getting hammered.
3: Getting hammered. Well, they are getting hammered. There's nothing else to do. They haven't got jobs. They might as well stay home and get hammered.
1: I mean, is that is that your uh, is, is that your talking point? Families are getting hammered. <laughs>
3: Families are getting
1: hammered. <laughs> it's like That's... she sounds sure sounds Cherokee to me.
3: <laughs> getting hammered, man. I'm getting hammered. Meanwhile, down under Jeez, what is wrong with that woman? Uh, and of course they're making this like the racist neck and neck again because they gotta yeah, get that of course, money.
1: Of course. And what she's saying is her veins are popping out of her neck like she's a shapeshifter. She's freaky. Really Something's wrong with
3: her. Yeah, very freaky.
1: She's tall and lanky, but she's freaky. She's
3: very tall. She she was on the Jon Stewart show once, and she was, like, towering over him.
1: Well, he's... (laughs) That's not hard. So, Australia, of course, um, very, very sad for our friends there in Oz. Maynard, if if you're allowed to escape under your uh, human right of leaving your country, you've always got a room at the inn here, my friend. I mean, well, you can sleep in between Miss Mickey and I, because you you got to get out, man. You got to get out of that place. First of all, they got carbon taxes. So they're right on, on board with the Club of Rome and um, and transferring your money to the poor nations who they're killing. And then they're going to come after your kids because they say you know, the guy's ready to kill his own kid because their carbon footprint. Yeah, but now, my friend, and 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 Maynard is a he's a mainstream radio guy there, but he's got an edge, and he's uh, really. Pushing the envelope a lot, and that envelope has got to be free speech. But I think you're in trouble,
6: Maynard. Bullies may have trouble finding a job when they leave school. Under a new scheme to be trialed by 12 major employers in New South Wales, Bully Check will require all prospective employees under the age of 22 to provide a character reference from their school. If the applicant is found to have been involved in bullying, their application could be binned. It's hoped the program will be adopted across the state after a 12-month trial.
1: Bully Check!
7: A Love bully it. check.
1: Bully check. Wow. How awesome is that? Wow. <laughs> you know, Australia, you have to come uh-huh. with a
3: reference from your school. And you're going to get your application will get binned.
1: It <laughs> could get binned. Hold on a second. I'm going to see if I'm fast enough to do this. Let me see if I can get bullycheck.com. Am I fast enough? Did I get it? Oh, or someone already has it. Damn. Who's got bullycheck.com?
3: Getbullycheck.org.
1: Well, let's see if there's a website there. Ah, it's parked. Bastards. Am I boring you?
3: No, I'm just filling time for the listeners out there while you do this thing. I don't have that. Dun, dun. I think I would have the Jeopardy theme,
0: All but
1: right. I can't
3: play it. I don't really.
1: Well, then I have uh, this from Gitmo Nation East. Uh... Robert Leather sent me a ton of clips. I, it's just too much. But this is about the Gareth Williams, the spy who zipped himself in the bag.
3: Oh, yeah. The zip zip spy.
1: <laughs> he zipped the himself in the zipping bag. zipping spy. So uh, as part of the court proceedings, <laughs> they brought in a uh, escape artist and asked the guy zip himself in the bag to see if he could do it.
6: Right at the start of the inquest, the coroner, Dr. Fiona Wilcox, said the question of whether Gareth Williams was able to lock himself in the bag would be <laughs> at the very heart of the case. Central to answering the question was expert witness Peter Folding. His failed folding? attempts captured on
1: Peter. <laughs> Peter Folding. I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> Peter Folding. He's, he's an expert in zipping himself into tight spaces
6: on video to lock himself in a holdall identical to the one in which Gareth Williams was found have been flashed on TV screens around the world. It was particularly unpleasant
7: to actually <laughs> zip yourself in the bag. I had paramedics on standby, I had a release knife inside. I found it extremely difficult. I wasn't flexible enough to be able to close the bag myself. <laughs> Houdini would have struggled with this one.
6: Peter Folding told us he was called in by the Met within days of the start of their investigation. He was contracted to work on the case because of his listing as a confined space specialist (laughs) on a police database of expert witnesses.
1: I think the whole report is humorous.
3: It's very funny. Peter
1: Folding, confined space specialist. No (laughs) kidding. Really? And that's his real name? (laughs) Oh, boy. Then this report came out. Uh, and unfortunately, th- what I wanted to find for y'all was not available uh, because it aired in 2004 on CNN. But here's the sad news that reached us late last night.
5: Sandy Dahl's best friend says Sandy died of a broken heart. She'd given so much of herself to others, even as she carried a heavy burden. Her husband, Jason, was the captain of United Flight 93. He, the crew, and passengers fought back against terrorists that hijacked that plane. Friends say Sandy Dahl died in her sleep on Friday morning. She was 52. So we have
1: Sandy Dahl... Uh, Actually, she was a flight attendant herself, Um, dies in her sleep, age 52. She was the wife of uh, Jason Dahl, pilot of United Airlines Flight 93. In 2004, she was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer. No one will mention this to you, by the way. You will not see this on television. And it's unfortunate I can't find a clip. 2004, I don't think we had YouTube. Uh, I have the transcript, which I did get from CNN. Sandy Dahl says I'm disappointed at the FBI report because I heard something other than what they reported. And I don't understand how they came up with it. For instance, they talk about passengers indicated that the pilots were dead and laying in the first class section. I heard evidence to the contrary on this tape, and I don't understand why they would report that wolf blitzer. Tell us exactly what you heard Sandy Dahl. Oh, I can't do that. I've signed papers with the FBI saying that I wouldn't. I just wish they would come out and tell the truth the FBI with the evidence they know. I'm not saying that they're deliberately trying to deceive. I would just like the evidence out so that people could know what really happened. It's kind of a folktale at this point. There was a riot of passengers and crew at the end, and they did crash into the cockpit. And then she dies at 52 in her sleep.
3: She's probably working on a book or something.
0: WTC 7 won't go away.
3: Just saying. Well, we know this. Yeah, bad. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple of clips I want to get out of here. One is that the mayor You want to get of out of here? You want to get out of here? You want to leave? Are you in a hurry? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> and I don't want to just say just saying. That's another but bad but thing. But you're, literally just, just, to stop you're literally just saying. Just because why? Mm-hmm. All right. So the Mayor of Baltimore is giving a commencement speech. She's a black woman who, I, I believe thinks she's Oprah, but she also <laughs> treats everyone like slaves. Uh-huh. Uh, in the like speech. Oprah. Like Oprah. like Oprah. It's very much. <laughs> and so uh, it's the, where is this clip? It's
1: Mayor of Baltimore.
3: Mayor of Baltimore. This is what you would be hearing if you were a student.
8: So first, the first thing I ask is that you please stand and give your parents and your family a round of applause and the educators here for all that they have done to help you to get to this day now now <laughs> now that
11: is a round of applause
3: wow now. she doesn't she jumps at dear
1: she's now. not no she's not like she's not like oprah She's like this one.
4: Yes, here's a little one. You come on up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, it was she was she had a lot of uh, Michelle mannerisms. Okay, yeah. And the way she talks about her mom, it was she could have been, but Oprah and Michelle and this woman seemed to be kind of all cut from the same cloth. But right. now, now, now. So, so Olympic uh, ticket sales are off.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not. They have like three hundred thousand. They can't sell.
3: Yeah, and so here's a, There's two stories about this. One is apparently the Ukrainian guys, and by the way, there was a riot in parliament. I wish there was, it wasn't worth clipping. No. But there was a fist fight that broke out that was just a melee. It looked like one of those movies from the 30s, you know, a cowboy movie in a bar. But anyway, so the, the first were, story. Were they, they, wait, Ukra- wait,
1: were they slamming chairs on people's heads? Yeah, it was
3: horrible. <laughs> ah, wow. Ukrainian, for one thing, they catch a Ukrainian scalper. This is just a short bit.
9: Ukraine's Olympic Committee has suspended its General Secretary after he was caught on camera offering tickets for cash to the London 2012 Games to an undercover BBC reporter. Vladimir Jarashenko, the General Secretary of Ukraine's National Olympic Committee, told an undercover reporter posing as a ticket tout he had up to 100 tickets to sell. Such a sale would be illegal and could carry a fine of up to £20,000. Mr. Gerashenko later insisted he had no intention of actually selling the tickets. Adrian Warner reports.
3: <laughs> I like the end. Dude, I wasn't going to sell it, man. I wasn't going to sell it. I was just kidding. So anyway, with the whole thing it is bogative because the Olympic ticket sales are down in the tank. You can play that and we get a little background. Nearly
6: a third of the Olympic Games tickets that became available to the British public earlier this week are still unsold. That means there's now a real prospect for the first time since they went on sale last year of the Games not being a sellout. The London 2012 organisers had expected that all 928,000 tickets would be snapped up quickly.
1: Yeah, no one wants to go to your douchebag uh, Illuminati celebration, dude.
3: No, and you know what? The re- you know what the real thing is is that that leaked report, this stuff that you read last show about the Rockefellers. And yeah, all after, after and our then, show, ticket and then sales when they, tank. When they when they bring in the Navy and they bring in a, a would be aircraft carrier, which is a, some other thing, but it looks like one. And then all these rockets on the rooftops. I wouldn't be a million miles near that thing. So,
1: so this is very interesting. So, just to recap. We read the Rockefeller Foundation report, which had four scenarios for the future. One of them uh, literally said 13,000 die at the uh, explosion at the 2012 Olympics in London. I think what's happening now, they've probably only sold about 13,000 tickets, John. (laughs) I'll tell you this. uh... Yeah, but you're right. I mean, why the hell would we want to do that? Why would you want to go? To the Olympics with all with you got the aircraft carriers you got the helicopters you got jets the jets you got the the missiles rockets. on the roofs you got the the Rockefeller report
3: yeah. what if one of these rockets one of somebody take you know, here's the thing you do is you you, you take a, a a little terror team you go up on one of those towers where the rockets are and you kill the three or four guys there I don't know what kind of you know what kind of security they have but you can probably find a way through it. And then you shoot the rocket at the at the uh, stadium. Yeah. Or unload the whole batch of them. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. That would be a mess. Well, at least it'll be and televised it the live. Stadium, by the way. At
1: least it'll be televised live. That'll be cool.
3: So, uh, I mean, so I wouldn't go. I wouldn't buy a ticket to that thing. It sounds dangerous. It's going to be on television.
1: So, the um, you heard it here first on the No Agenda show the russian superjet that crashed we immediately said ah oh, this is clearly um an attack uh, you know we've had the ongoing airbus boeing wars and obviously boeing uh, wanted this thing to to tank so they could sell their uh their 737s which is compar- no no
3: no we decided that wasn't it it was for airbus Airbus, I'm because sorry. boeing has a piece of the i'm
1: sorry i'm sorry days. airbus you're right airbus wants to sell their uh what is it? The 410? The 409? No. What is it? No, the
3: little bitty one. is a 319 or something. Three, I don't know. Yeah, It's right. a small one. 310, whatever. 310, maybe. Uh, report.
1: Report, report. The GRU, Russia's military intelligence agency, suspects that U.S.-inspired industrial espionage may have caused the May 9th crash in Indonesia. <laughs> We're not that crazy on this show. At least we're not crazier than the Russians. No. That's in the Christian Science Monitor. I'd say that's reasonably... I like it. ...reasonably respectful. And then we might as well hit the...
8: uh, The Euro.
1: (laughs) I'm glad I got this clip, um, because this is something that is very important for the human resources, and now austere enslaved slaves of gitmo nation lowlands Uh, so you know the cabinet has fallen um you have a minister the finance minister young de the yacher i have to say it again total dick i know the guy when he was undersecretary and he all he was his he was a microsoft it guy all he had to do was do some systems integration and make sure the tax systems were working because it was broken and the Microsoft platform was not performing properly. Somehow he became finance minister. He's a total douchebag, total idiot. I I have inside information about his elitist nature as well. And I suspect him of many other things, which I will not mention. I don't want to violate his human rights. So he is interviewed on Euronews. And this is always interesting because it's in English. And it's not going to be broadcast in Holland because it's not like on a national network. So he could just be as elitist as he wants to be. And boy, is he. <clears throat> Title of the clip, Slaves in Line, Brussels Happy. Your main message for the
9: international market.
1: Uh, by the way, I think it's Bruno who was asking the questions.
9: Given the fact that we have a debate about the A status of the Netherlands.
2: Well, we have seen that even under the most difficult circumstances politically, we have seen that the Netherlands is ready with a parliamentary majority in both chambers. We have two chambers here in the parliament with the maturity and the government together to have a package deal that includes not only an austerity package which will bring us to the 3% deficit targets next year, And a structural reform package of all the structural reforms that have been debated the last, well even decades in the Netherlands, liberalizing the labor markets even before the financial markets asked us to do so, Um, to have a housing market reform here in the Netherlands, which was very difficult in political terms, but we are doing it now. (laughs) We have a pension reform already starting in 2013. So we do the economic reforms, we do the austerity measures, we are making all necessary measures to show... All the world, all parts of the world, that the Netherlands is still an austere country. I rock. I rock. And we, we, we have our slaves in their place, bitches.
3: You're Big, talking about packages. Package uh, deal. zuma has got one.
1: <laughs> it's funny because package deal, of course, is more like a travel package deal. I, you know, it, yeah, like, he is an idiot. He's, he continues. That also,
3: you're, gonna, you're not going to play more, are you?
1: It's kind of funny. Uh, go, go on. I mean, you got something better. Is it, I mean, yeah, well,
3: no, I was thinking he, what he's saying is exactly why the students in Quebec, which nobody's covering except Democracy Now, forty thousand people marching, rioting, yeah. There's a couple of explanations, which I finally picked up on this, what's really going on. And it's the same thing. It's about they're trying to create this austerity thing in a, in a time when you it's just not a good time to do it. And I think that I'm surprised the Dutch have not done anything about the happening to them. The Spanish aren't putting up with it.
1: Well, let's go to Quebec, and then we'll go back to to the douchebag. About the well, Canadian...
3: We, what? Yeah, play the Quebec student movement. But the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention is that I think I, I think this red square patch that they're wearing, I think that's going to catch on here. It's a cool-looking red square that's sitting on its, on its axis.
13: Uh, we call it the red square because the students here are squarely in the red. Uh, so
3: <laughs> it's a symbol for student indebtment. And uh, when we started our strike a few months ago here in Quebec, well, we decided to renew...
1: Oh, I like that. Do we have a picture of this red square patch? Hold Just on.
3: Just type it in and you'll see it. It's a, it's yeah, a little. Yeah. It's about an mm-hmm. inch and a half square, red, and you and you wear it so the points straight up, so it's not like a, a square. It's like a red
1: square patch. Um, and I think
3: this will catch on here because it's re- actually very attractive in some funny way.
1: Fu- Google is off for me today, man. Do I say Quebec? Maybe red square patch. Oh, so you 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 tilt it.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and apparently, according to that, that clip goes on and on, but they apparently that patch is being worn by everybody, not just the I students. I like
1: it. I think I should wear that, too. The red square patch we're indebted slaves. Yeah. That's very cool. You know, it's interesting. Indebted slaves. It's made of felt very similar to the Jewish uh, Star of David from World War II.
3: Yeah, it's a felt, red felt, and it's uh, square and it's because you're squarely in the red. <laughs> I love it. That's very good.
1: That's cool. Uh, let's let's go back to the douchebag. I, I just love listening to him because it's the people of Holland need to make sure they know this.
9: So actually, the Netherlands preach to other countries in the eurozone preach to respect to the letter this three percent rule. And we saw the recent figures actually that the Netherlands did not respect it. So what is the main reason, and what is the way out? Well,
2: it's very simple because the latest figures were without this spring agreement and this spring agreement also the commission already explained that will not only bring us towards the 3% deficit target in Europe but also and even more importantly so includes a very high quality package of economic reforms <laughs> high and qual- comm- it's high
1: quality it's high quality reforms John it's not it's high quality your your
2: debt will be of high quality and the ECB have given a lot of praise oh. for this package of the Netherlands.
1: Good package. boy. Good boy. Your package is
3: awesome. Good boy. Good boy, young case. The douchebag! I can tell we know you don't like the guy. No. So I, my favorite news item this whole week, which was again underplayed in the U.S. media, is apparently, the you know, even though if you remember all the predictions, oh, don't worry about it, the Muslim Brotherhood is in the lead. <sighs>
6: Most of the votes have now been counted after the first round of the presidential election in Egypt. The Muslim Brotherhood says its candidate, Mohamed Morsi, is in the lead, with the former Prime Minister Ahmed Shafiq in second place. Right
3: on. So there you have it. Thank you very much. That went well.
1: (laughs) That wasn't supposed to happen, was it, or was it?
3: Well, it was obviously supposed to happen in some way, but they, I remember when it was happening, everyone said, "No, these guys are marginal. They're marginalized. They won't even get involved. They got nothing to do with it. The Muslim yeah. Brotherhood. There's no chance." You remember all that bull crap? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're winning.
1: <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. Meanwhile, there, there was a guy, um, Islam for Holland. No, I'm sorry, Sharia for Holland. They went to Dam Square. And these guys were like, "We're going to bring Sharia law to Holland. It's all going to happen." And you remember Theo van Gogh? Yeah, you yeah, know, we'll deal with Geert Wilders. And these guys are just allowed to, to do this the whole time, violating human rights, obviously. They were just allowed to talk this crap the whole time—the Sharia law thing and the Muslim Brotherhood—and the whole thing is worrying. They need to go kill some children. That's, a, well, that's I think the solution.
3: I, I'm almost now of the opinion that the. Uh, uh, the idea is to get these uh, radical Sunnis into power in some of these states and that kind of blocks the radical Shiites and then perhaps creates some sort of a war between the Shiites and the Sunni that we don't have to really get too involved in. They, just, they start to kill each other off. Well, that's also good for the Club of Rome. Yeah, it's good for the Club of Rome and it would be Hillary would like it. What because is the, I don't see how they could not see that it was going to be the Muslim Brotherhood that takes over Egypt. Of course, the, the guys are going to then you know Israel's really screwed, right?
1: What is the um, what is the main difference between the Shiites and the Sunnis? Is I, it just interpretation? I, one, of
3: them, one of them has is one of them is, uh, and I don't know which is which anymore, but. There's one of the the leaders, or they or they believe that there's a direct link from Mohammed, uh, and there's like a relational link through the leadership through one, and the other one is a, more of an electorate kind of thing where they pick new Mohammeds as they go along. It's a, it, there's a fundamental difference in the way they see uh, the um, the way they see the organizational structure. One is is kind of based on a continuation of Mohammed. And the other one's based on... New, like a, a, a new Mohammeds. A, a new Mohammeds or something. <laughs> I, 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 always, I used to know a couple of years ago exactly the difference. But you I, forgot. Well, I mean, it's not, it doesn't come up in the conversation. I'm not expecting people to ask me. But you can look it up and this, you'll find the difference. And it, it turned out to be... It's, a, it's like a difference that is apparently angers both sides. They hate the other guys. Ah, you guys are wrong the way you're doing this. No, 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 right. you're wrong.
1: Well, the only thing I got to wrap it all up, which is not a clip, is just a report. <clears throat> Miami police officer on Saturday fatally shot a naked man who was chewing on the face of another man on a downtown causeway off-ramp. Zombies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're, uh, they're already here. They're in Florida and they're eating people.
3: There's been a lot of zombie stories floating around. Well, have we not been
1: warned by the CDC? I mean, ha, ha, ha was all a joke. It's not a joke. There will be a zombie apocalypse. I mean, this is the beginning of it. These are the first reports. What else is a naked man doing, chewing and eating another guy's face? And it's so bad that what the cops can't tase him. The, The cops shot him. Two to the head, double tap what you gotta do with the zombie? Yeah, you gotta you gotta say, hey zombie, hey you. <laughs> Double tap. That's the only way to get rid of him. Why else would the cop shoot him? The guy's naked. He's unarmed.
3: <laughs> well, wow. Well, you tell me. I I'm not saying anything because these zombie stories are cropping up all over. Now there's some supposedly some zombie uh people are getting zombified from eating the wrong food or
8: Taking yeah. the
3: wrong medicine. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see. I'm. Ready. I do want to do a maya culpa. I I uh, mixed up Nicaragua with Honduras. Oh, that's a, that's very bad. But uh, I think that the the point I was making was valid. But the 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 location was we
1: invalid. forgive you. We forgive you. Coming up on the No Agenda Stream, noagendastream.com, uh, No Agenda Producer Update. Special edition live via recording studio, interviewing Noble Lairs, a.k.a. Jasper Avenue. Stay tuned for that. And um, please consider helping us out. We do a lot of work. We enjoy doing it. It's value for value. No love money back. I loved you long time. Coming to you from the capital of the drone star state here in Austin, Texas. It's Camp Mofo. My
3: name's Adam Curry. In the morning, everybody. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back with more media
1: assassination on Thursday right here on No Agenda.
8: Slash N-A. You will obey